And good morning. This is our annual college basketball preview here on Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark, and I am joined this morning. Paul Valley is here, and we'll get to him here in a bit. But uh, it's been two years since we've been able to do this, unfortunately, because of, you know, you guys know why. We don't have to remind you. But uh, Patrick Stevens is back with us, of course, from the Washington Post. At Discourse on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick, it's been too long since we've been able to do one of these. Way, way, way too long. Yeah, so, and, I'm, and I'm sure that uh, for the coaches involved, uh, it's been way, way too long since things have felt <laughs> normal for them, too. <laughs> right. to, to, the, to the point that this is a joy to be doing this. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Normally, they get annoyed by the time we get to this point. Oh, i got to go talk to Glenn and Patrick. Now they're like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Glenn and Patrick. That means oh, we've got basketball. Oh, oh. Uh, quickly, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Throughout the morning, we're going to hear either in studio or via Zoom from um, the coaches from Loyola, uh, as well as UMBC, Mount St. Mary's, Towson, and Coppin, and Morgan. And we kick things off with the head coach at the Naval Academy, it is good to chat once again with Coach Ed DeCellis, who's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's really great to chat with you. I have no idea how good it must feel to you, particularly you, to be talking about basketball in November again, which hasn't you know, been a, a guarantee so much in recent years. Yeah, it really is. It's, uh, it's amazing how uh, things have evolved over the last year and a half, and um you know, it's, it's glad to be back. It's glad to have fans in the arena this year. I'm not sure to what extent, but we're going to have some fans. And uh, the watching, uh, you know, for me, I'm a big college football fan as well. So to watch college football on the weekend and see the pageantry and the energy in the stadiums, it is uh, it is very, very neat. You know, you guys had a good team a year ago. Was it, yeah. was it bittersweet, like – you know, of all the years to have a really good team, how difficult was it for you to say, man, boy, I wish we had a huge crowd here behind these guys because it felt like there was really something special happening. Yeah, it was. We were very good. I think uh, we went 15 and three overall, played 18 games, we're 12 and one in the league. Um, you know, won the number one seed in the conference tournament. And then we had the uh, contact tracing hit us. Uh, for our first round game and uh, got three guys out. So that was uh, that was the bitter part. The sweet part is I think our team performed very well under adverse conditions. Uh, you know, getting tested three times a week, them kind of trying to stay in the room and, and go to class via Zoom constantly. Coming to practice here, um, you know, masking up in the training room, in the gym, in the weight room, in the locker room uh, was very challenging for him. Traveling the day of the game to play games, uh, no over hotel night stays. So uh, our kids have been through a lot and they persevered like they, you know, like we had, we had, you know, hopefully encouraged them to do. And uh, it was all about them and Hannah Johnson, our trainer, who kept them safe and who kept all of us safe. So, uh, we had a great team, uh, great team chemistry. We lost three important seniors. Our mm -hmm. best, uh, uh, you know, all-conference selection was our, our best overall player last year was our point guard, Cam Davis, who was the first-team all-league all player. And he's now at MIT getting his master's in nuclear engineering, of all things. Uh, same. And, uh, I, you know, we, we've but, all been there, Coach, you know, going to MIT for a nuclear engineering master's. We've all been. It's an old story. Yeah, I, I can't relate to that, um, 
but uh, you know, we, we had a great squad and they really enjoyed each other. They played uh, with each other for each other. So, uh, you know, that was a sweet part. The bitter part is we didn't get to get to the end state tournament like we wanted to, but uh, you know, there are, there is some, we, we, we did do some good things. I'm not going to discount those. And it's uh, Patrick Stevens. I know you, you just mentioned that senior class that departed, obviously, those are the stories throughout college basketball, the transfer portal and all that. Not, not a luxury you guys have, so you, you need to build it the old-fashioned way. Uh, what do you kind of make of your senior class, guys like John Carter Jr., uh, Greg Summers, and, and your captain, Richard Njoku? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think we have a good, really good senior group, and Christian Silva's in there well. He played for us last year, and He's had a nice fall as well. But John Carter and, and Greg Summers, uh, you know, they went to our prep school program along with Christian. So they're a year older. And Richard came in uh, direct right from St. John's High School. So uh, we've got a good senior class. They, they played a lot of minutes. They played in a lot of big games. Uh, so we're, we're relying on them. We're counting on them to do special things. And uh, I think they've shown good leadership so far this fall. Um, but we'll see when we hit a little skid or hit a rough in the road, and then we'll see what our leadership is all about. It's easy to lead when everything is, you know, as I, I call it, you know, everything is uh, seashells and, and cotton candy. It's really, uh, it's really easy to lead them. But let's see when it gets a little stormy. Let's see what kind of leadership we have then. But to this point in time, I'm very, very happy with our four seniors. Ed DeCellis, Navy basketball coach, with us on our annual college basketball preview. Glenn Clark and Patrick Stevens here. Coach, who's going to need, you know, Patrick mentions the seniors. Who do you see so far that you say, I'm really thinking this is a player that's ready to step up and sort of take the next step this season? Yeah, I think we have several guys. You know, it's uh, we had a guy who's really played well this fall, but unfortunately got hurt last week in Patrick Dorsey, who came off the bench for us last mm-hmm. year and really uh, did a nice job of scoring the ball, played multiple positions. He, he was really uh, a very, very consistent player for us all fall so far. And then last week suffered a really, really bad ankle sprain. So he's going to be out for a few weeks, but he is a name that I would throw at you. Um, I think John Carter's had a really good fall, our senior, and uh, shot the ball well. It's been better defensively. Um, you know, Richard's been really solid. So, I, you know, I, I think there's some guys that are ready for, you know, a good year. Um, you know, we, we've had some other guys that uh, underclassmen. I think Tyler Nelson's uh, young man who started for us has had a really, really good fall really shooting the ball much better, much more consistently with a lot of confidence. So we've had several guys, I think, make improvements in their game over the course of the summer leading into the fall. And that's why, you know, as a coach, I'm really excited about our team and about the opportunities that lie ahead. Four starters back for you guys this season. The one that's not, obviously, we mentioned Cam Davis a little bit ago, which leaves a, a hole at the point guard spot. I, I know from talking to you a little bit this week, uh, P.J. Roach is a guy that stood out there a little bit in the preseason. Who, who all is kind of in that mix right now yeah. uh, that, 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 could, that we can uh, see at the point? Obviously a very important position. Uh, I think Austin Inge, who played a lot for us last year, is, is right in the thick of things as well. Unfortunately, he's at turf toe. Uh, he hasn't practiced in over two weeks. Richard 
Uh, Najoku's got a bad foot. He hasn't practiced in two and a half weeks. So we're hoping to get those guys back full go by next week um, so we can continue the progress because they are two important players to us. And Patrick will be, Pat Dorsey will be a few weeks after that. So uh, the point guard spot has been, you know, I, I think before he got hurt was Austin Inge and then young man PJ Roach. And then because of Austin's injury, we I've had to move Greg Summers out there and let him play. And then, um, you know, I was uh, playing Pat Dorsey and John Carter together and, and now Sean Yoder's getting a run at that thing as well. Christian Silva. So, We've had to sort of mix and match, Patrick. It hasn't been smooth because of the injuries. Um, but we'll get that. You know, the point guard, we've got many. we got three three guys out there, Greg and P.J. Roach and Austin Inge, who I think can do it for us. Uh, we tried to change a, little, a few things offensively. So, uh, you know, get us into offense as a point guard, and then the ball will come back to you. Uh, so we've we've changed some things slightly to uh, help us in that area. Um, but, you know, there's no doubt about it. Cam, Cam Davis was a very good player for us, made other guys better, took big shots and made big shots when we needed a shot. And that's something you can't simulate in practice yet. Um, but hopefully as we as we play, some guys will emerge and, and step up in that role. Coach, you know, you guys are picked third in the preseason poll, and I know that a lot of times those things have to do with how you do last year. That's typically the way some of these things have to work. But, you know, even losing Cam and what you lost, do you feel good about this team's opportunity to compete atop the Patriot League this season? Yeah, yes, I do. I, I think we uh... – you know, we use uh, where we were last year as, uh, as a positive, but also it's a negative. We didn't finish the job. We didn't get to the NCAA tournament. So that sort of uh, sticks in our belly somewhat, uh, especially with our seniors. This is their last go around. I think we're talented enough. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I, I'm trying to look through the ray of sunshine here. I'm hoping we get all the injury bugs out of the way now mm -hmm. so we can continue to grow and develop as the year goes on. Every team goes through a spell where they've got, you know, guys get hurt, unfortunately, and, and it affects the team. Um, so I'm hoping that that's, that's us now and uh, we can get those behind us. But you know, it's, it's like everybody else. We got to stay healthy, sickness, all that kind of stuff. You got to make your own breaks. I'm never one to believe, Hey, we need to catch a break. Hey, you got to make your own breaks. You got to get your own stuff done and control your own destiny. So our non-conference schedule is very, very challenging. Uh, we knew that was going to be that way. So it is what it is. We've got to go play and see if we can get better and hopefully prepare us for Patriot league season. But I like our team. I like our spirit. Uh, we've got to, we have to get some things straightened out, ironed out, but like every team at this point in time, we, you know, we don't have the luxury of like other universities around the country of having our players here all summer and working out. Like they're doing other things. They're doing more important things and getting their military experience. So we lose, we lose all the summer activity that other universities can have with their teams. But, that's no excuse. We've been here since the end of August and we've been working out. And so we'll be ready to go when they toss the ball up.
And I know uh, one of the, the big things that you've been able to do since arriving at the Naval Academy was establishing the Veterans Classic and, and, and fostering that event uh, over yeah. the last several years. Uh, to have that back this year with a, a great opening game with Utah State and Richmond and, and then getting Virginia Tech in as well, uh, just how meaningful is it to, to get that event back to, to, to where it had been prior to the pandemic? Well, it is important, Pat. It's the first time, Patrick, that our fans will be able to get out there in over a year to, to see us play. And this this team is very deserving. Uh, you know, fans didn't get to see them other than, you know, uh, online and, and through some CBS games or last year. But this team is a very uh, – this team is going to be a good basketball team. Uh, they're, they're working hard. They're, they're striving towards it. I think the opportunity to watch us play Virginia Tech in a Veterans Classic should be exciting to our fans. Virginia Tech's a very good team, good program. Mike Young's come in from Wofford and done an excellent job. I've known Mike for 25 years. Um, so I'm happy for him. I appreciate him bringing his team here as well to play us. Uh, Richmond coach Mooney and obviously Ryan Odom was at UMBC, wanted to come back and bring his Utah State team here. So we're able to work that out. So I think that's a really good field. Again, Richmond's got all, all the guys mm-hmm. back, starters back there. They're picked one of the top teams in the Atlantic 10. So, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a good event. I'm very proud of the event. I'm very proud of what we can use basketball as a, as a driving force to, to, to help uh, recognize our veterans, which is the most important thing with a classic, uh, and get our veterans back in the arena to be introduced at certain times throughout the game. We have a dinner on Thursday night where we bring uh, the veterans to a, to a dinner uh, with all four teams and to have that association with them there. So our players and other teams can meet these, uh, these, these celebrated their, their, their heroes and, uh, and break bread with them over a meal and, and talk about their experiences in the military. Those are really, really important to me. And that's, that's the purpose of the event. He is Ed DeCellis, Navy basketball coach. He's not kidding about this difficult schedule, by the way. Basically in the ACC to start the season, which is not um, – I mean, boy, that's a, you're testing yourself for sure, obviously, with a couple of really tricky road yeah, games. Yeah, I'm not the brightest guy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, so I explained yesterday to Patrick, I think, you know, the Virginia thing is, uh, is a low, you know, three hours away, you know, Quite frankly, when we were putting all this thing together last spring, we didn't know what what was going to happen this year. You know, yep. we still didn't know, mm-hmm. yep. are we going to be able to travel the day of the game? Are we going to be able to fly? Uh, so that made sense to us. And, and Louisville is, uh, was a game that we were supposed to play last year and couldn't because of COVID. So we had to return this year. And then um, Virginia Tech is the uh, – you know, is the uh, Veterans Classic, which we had to play. And then we also picked up George Mason. So, and part of it is, too, that we're, you know, we're a program that can help generate some revenue for our, for our athletic department. Sure. Like, we, you know, obviously football controls things and, and that we ride that train. But we're a team that can play some people and, and uh, generate some revenue as well. And, and, you know, we want to get back to our department and we want to, we want to be able to help in any way we can. So I think there was an also, uh, there's an opportunity for us to do that as well. And our team, our team, you know, we'll go play these games. I mean, you know, we're going to play hard. We're going to compete and, and hopefully along the way it helps prepare us for what's down the road. 
He is Ed DeChellis, Navy basketball coach. The season begins November 9th at Virginia. And, of course, as Patrick mentioned, the Veterans Classic, November 12th in Annapolis, a great doubleheader uh, that you can be at or can watch on CBS Sports Network. Coach, really appreciate you kicking us off this morning. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Best of luck, and we'll see you as the season goes on, all right? All right, thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. Take care, Ed. Thanks. Ed DeCellis from Navy, first one on the hot seat this morning on our college basketball preview that we have brought back this season. Patrick, uh, as you remember, I like to try to wrap, get your thoughts. What 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 uh, what stands out at you most about Navy this season? Well, I think it's both the experience and the question at point guard. Yep. Uh, I, I think you look at a guy like John Carter, who who it, he's one of those guys that feels like he's been in college for quite a while now. He was a starter pretty much right out of the shoot his first season, or at least a really prominent player. And so he's. This is going to be, I think, in a lot of ways, his team. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be. He's a guy that that's played a ton for them, uh, and he's. You know, I think in terms of production, has been largely the same, pretty steady throughout his career. And I think Navy really needs him to take a jump, and I think he's capable of it too. You know, you look at them. I think Richard Njoku was one of the real breakout players last year. Shot sixty five percent from the floor. Really efficient player in the post and has turned into a really, really valuable piece for them. So you look around their lineup, Greg Summers, guys like that. You mentioned Tyler Nelson. They've got a fair number of guys, but they need a point guard. Uh, you know, it would not be shocking to see a lot of different combinations that they try out there. And obviously injuries right now, a little bit of a factor, I, th- I think, in terms of strength of schedule, maybe not the right time for them to be having those injury factors. But I think for Navy, like anybody else that's in a one-bid league, if, if we're being realistic, yep. it, the idea is use November and December to figure out what your best lineups are, what, you, what your rotation is, and be ready to go come uh, come Patriot League play. Which, obviously, they were a year ago. No, I mean, yet last year, obviously, they were weird. Hey, there they, was... they, they won a Georgetown early in the season. Correct, but you know? I, I guess the comparison is that they couldn't, other teams couldn't sharpen themselves uh, they, ahead they of could Patriot not. League they, season They absolutely couldn't, and, and there yeah. was a little bit of an advantage in there for them. Uh, but but I, I, I think that they're a team that, you know, he, Ed's decade in Annapolis has been, so much of it has ba- been based on rebounds, take care of the ball, yep. You know, really basic stuff like, and that I don't say that in an insulting way, but it's a very fundamental type of thing, and I think that's what we'll see again from them. If the point guard situation shakes itself out pretty well, they're going to be in the mix for a Patriot League tournament title, and they'll probably be pretty hungry given the way that last year's thing. No went. question. If they don't find a point guard, they're probably more like a mid-pack team. All right, he is Patrick Stevens, of course, at Discourse D One S Course on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Patrick, the uh, the other big storylines as the morning goes on, all the coaches are going to be talking to. What's what's most important? What are you looking to learn this morning? Well, for I'm, those of you that didn't join us, we started early this morning, so apologies. It's the, it is the college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens is here. Well, I, I think uh, I think we'll see Tavares Hardy here shortly, I believe, and and I think with Loyola, the question is going to be how do they deal with some of their off season losses that were maybe a little unanticipated. Santi Aldama, mm-hmm. um, for all the right reasons in the world, it worked uh, out quite well know, for him. Yes, worked out great for him, and Loyola can now tout that it, it had a first round draft pick. Not which, something that... which is not something I think anybody realistically expected mm-hmm. to have happen a few years back. So that's a fabulous feather in the cap for the Greyhounds and, and Tavares Hardy. But you also have to deal with, you know, having probably expected to have him this year, and now you don't. So that's something that stands out there. With UMBC, it's everything's new. We got a new coach. You know, can UMBC 
keep things going under a coach that does have some good low mid, you know, mid-major experience. Jim Ferry had a great run at LIU Brooklyn before he took the Duquesne job and obviously spent the last few seasons at Penn State as an assistant and then one year as the as the interim coach up in State College. Uh, we look at uh, Coppin State. Uh, they had a fair bit of uh, attrition too last mm-hmm. year after after they had a a really good season. You know how do all the transfers that they brought in fit? How does Nenda Tark build off of his fabulous freshman year? Uh, and can the Eagles take that next step, staying in the MEAC? Uh, Morgan State, I, I think, should be, should be the, the favorite in, in the MEAC. I think they were picked second in the league uh, in, the, in their preseason poll. But they've got a lot coming back, and they have some interesting transfer pieces as well. Seventh Woods, another guy, feels like he's been around forever. He played on North Carolina's last national title team. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, talking to Kevin Brodus over the, over the summer, I'll bring this up with him a little bit later. Like, you know, he recruited Seventh Woods when he was still an assistant at Georgetown before he got to Maryland, before he got to Morgan State. So, you know, Seventh Woods being a, a highly touted point guard back in the day and obviously has some good experience at North Carolina and South Carolina, but there's a lot of other guys on that team that are really good too, including Detorian Ware, uh, who I think is a good bet to be the MEAC player of the year. And then you look at a guy, one of my favorite players in the area, Malik Miller, who's 6'4", 6'5", and just a rebounding machine, one of the one of the most aggressive high-motor guys you're going to see in the area. Uh, with Towson, uh, how do they overcome, bounce back from what was basically a lost year? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had multiple shutdowns. Uh, I don't know if there's anything good you can take from last season if you're Towson. And, and that's not to be mean. That's just right. sort of the reality of the situation. Uh, and, and do they bounce back to kind of what we expect for Towson and couple that with the fact that the CAA is wide open this year? I, I, think, I think you could jumble just about all those names in a hat and pull them out, and you'd have just as good a chance of being right as hmm. if you actually tried hmm. and tried to size it up. Uh, and then we got Mount St. Mary's that we'll talk to as well. Dan Engelstad got to the NCAA tournament last yep. year. Uh, had, has a really good front court. Lost the top Lo- piece. Lost obviously. the top piece, Damian Chanqui. But um, you know, Damian Chanqui goes into the portal, and within a week, he has Jalen Benjamin from UAB coming in, who I think is going to be a real impact player for them. Plus. In that league, it's a really guard-oriented league, and they've got a great front court. Malik Jefferson still around. Nana Apoku, the defensive player of the year in the league, still around. They get Mezzi Offerham, the GW transfer, who, you know, back in the day, the first school to offer him a scholarship, Mount St. Oh, Mary's. How about that? Now, granted, Jamie, that? Jamie and Christian, there's right, a, connect, sure, there's a sure. connection through there, too. But, you know, I, I think this is kind of – he's a guy, I think, that, that probably finds his level this year – and is able uh, to really contribute uh, for the Mountaineers. So I like them to be one of the top two or three teams in the NEC. Remember, they had to go on the road to win a couple games last yep. year to make the NCAA tournament. I don't know if, if they're going to be over a course of 18 or 20 games or whatever as good as maybe a Wagner or a Bryant, but they're going to be up there, uh, and they're going to have a shot to, to make it back-to-back conference titles in the NEC. All right, that's coming up throughout the course of the morning. Right now we got to go figure out where Tavares Hardy is. So we're going to grab a break. When we come back in, we're scheduled to be joined by the head coach of the Loyola Greyhounds. This is the College Basketball Preview Show. He is Patrick Stevens. It's Glenn Clark Radio. And quickly, I remind everybody that uh, Underdog Fantasy Football is offering you the opportunity to deposit anything up to $100 and have it matched for you to play with just by using the code PRESSBOX. That's the code PRESSBOX at underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy Football app. It's a lot of fun. Go download the app right now. Use that code PRESSBOX, and you will have your deposit up to $100 matched 
by underdog fantasy football. Oh, you know what? Come on in, coach. Oh, he's here. We don't have to go wandering around to find him. We found him. Might have to go find my intern in a second, see where he is. Tavares Hardy, it's so good to see you, my friend. We don't have to take a break at all because he's here. He's going to go sit down, get in the hot seat with us. The head coach of the Loyola Greyhounds. This is the College Basketball Preview Show, Glenn Clark, Patrick Stevens, and now Coach Tavares Hardy, who is here. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for stopping by to hang out with us. No, thanks for having me. Sorry, I'm a little behind. These trees falling in the, in the road with this rain is a little nuts. It's, it's amazing how people forget like the way that this works around these parts when there's a little bit. They're closing the schools because there's some rain in the. I don't want to talk about it. It's a different conversation for a different day. A Chicago guy has to just shake his head. Yeah, there, right? right? No, you know, we, we, we experienced it when we first moved, uh, my wife and I, from Chicago to D.C., we were uh, a little appalled at how much they closed school. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I did not set up the microphone for someone the size of Tavares already. I keep forgetting that not everybody is my size. Coach, it's great to see you. Um, I just had uh, Santi on the show last Friday, yep. and it was so good to catch up with him. And it, it take me through the, the good and the bad, right? Like the good being you've now coached a, divi- a you know a first round draft pick in the NBA and not a lot of guys in your shoes are able to say that right the bad being is a hell of a basketball player and unfortunately he's not on your team anymore yeah there's there's absolutely zero bad um this is a part of what our culture is all about you know uh there's four pillars we really lock in on at Loyola uh training leaders uh academic success um impact on the community and in athletic success and a big part of our athletic success the way we define it is are we competing for championships and are we producing pros and with Santi being a first round NBA draft pick I say yes <laughs> uh, you know and not just him to go along with Kavan Scott won a championship last year in Europe and Finland uh Andrew Kostekas playing in Spain right now um you know we want our guys to to want to be pros and um you know the fact that Santi was able to do it at the highest level is huge for our program at the same time, yes, we'll miss him. Yep. Um, we'll miss him on the court. We'll miss what he brings to the table. Um, we would have been a little bit older, obviously, with the junior returning. Um, now we have four uh, upperclassmen and seven sort of new guys. And so, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, uh, it's going to be different without him. But uh, we'll be just fine. This is all of our guys are happy. All of our coaches, administration is happy. Did, do you, could you sense the impact immediate, like in recruiting? In could, Was there an immediate, and I don't know how you can make it tangible, but did you feel any of that in the weeks, months after he goes in the first round where suddenly maybe somebody was a little bit more inclined to pick up your, your call than maybe they had been before? You know, um, not so much in that regard. You know, I, I, what I think is this, and, and I say this all the time, um, you know, we also, I, I was able to coach Josh Kogi for two mm-hmm, years at mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, who left after sophomore year, went number 20 to the Timberwolves. I think every school that has a pro is going to tell every person like that person from now on that we're going to make you that person. Yeah, correct. Uh, we don't do that. And, and we're completely up front. We're completely up on it. Uh, we're completely honest. You know, Santi Aldama was a special talent. Now, one thing I do rest easy in my staff, we talk about this all the time, uh, with Coach Ivo Simovich and I when we were over there uh, during on draft night or that weekend, um, the appreciativeness of his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and basically they were so appreciative that we told them the truth. Uh, we told Santi uh, as we were going through the recruiting process that we weren't going to make you just a basketball player. You were going to get exposed to things outside of basketball. Academics are important to us. Uh, he was on leadership councils. It was, it was, he had a fantastic student-athlete experience, and so they were appreciative of that. The other thing is 
we told them we were going to let you play your game. We weren't going to get you here and be different than what we told you in a recruiting trip. We're going to let you be versatile, seven foot. You can handle the ball. You can shoot threes. And, and can that, he ever shoot threes? Yeah, that Jeez. that paid off. Um, and so now we can tell any recruit coming in that look, we told this kid this is what it was going to be. He he believed it, and and look look what he's doing now. Uh, and you know what we want is that all all our recruits to feel the same way that they'll have that opportunity. But we also know that he was a special talent. Moving on to who you still have, as great as it was to, to have had that experience, Cam Spencer's a guy that I think when he's been on the floor the last couple of years, you guys have been a different team than when he's been hurt or, or, or sidelined or whatever. How valuable is he going to be for, for whatever it is you guys are ultimately going to be able to do this season? Yeah, no, he, he's critical. I mean, he's, he's, he's had a couple of uh, years where he's been a little banged up. I told him, you know, I told him yesterday in practice, we're 16-9 and nine in the games that you've played with us. Uh, and so, obviously, his impact on winning is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I really want out of him, though, is not to feel like you have to take on Santi's role or you have to take on Andrew Costeca's role. You help those guys be good. And that's what I need you to do for all of our players. I think collectively uh, we're going to be able to take on, you know, what we're missing from Santi. It can't be just one person. But uh, super excited to have Cam back in the fold. Um, you know, he's, he's so important to what we do. He's smart. He sees the game. He can really shoot the ball. And, uh, you know, I wish we had him, you know, all games that we played because uh, he really does have a, a positive effect, effect and impact on winning. He is Coach Tavares Hardy from Loyola. He's with us here on our college basketball preview show. Uh, let me go back to Spain for a second. It's, it wasn't just Santi, obviously. And I, when, when I watched you guys last year, I was very impressed by both Faure and Golden DK. Um, how much are they, the, that step up from those two, going to be a part of what you guys are able to accomplish this year? Yeah, it's big. We're challenging both of those guys. Uh, Golden's going to be a junior. Uh, what I tell him is, you know, you look at his numbers from, from – freshman year to sophomore year his minutes went up but the other stuff kind of flatlined and that can't be the case with a kid like that uh, we need him to take the next step and a big part of that is being able to step up and make his free throws because if he shot at a decent clip uh, those his, his points per game would have went up uh, but it's, it's more than just that are you taking care of the ball are you helping your teammates are you a, a positive leader on the floor uh, that's important for us and Farre, you know I consider him as one of our seven freshmen because last year was so awkward and you know, we played half the year, and he didn't even get here until late December, um, thanks to you know rules in the United States that wouldn't allow immigrants to come in, and um, you know things of that nature, or, or uh, students on a visa and things like that. So, you know, he came in and really just got thrown right in, and, and we don't run the easiest stuff. And to try to pick that up in a couple of weeks and then play a game, it's not it's not easy. But to his credit, he's really smart, and uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting a big time year out of him. Building off of some of the backcourt guys, in addition to Cam, you got a couple veterans in, in Jalen Andrews and, and Kenneth Jones that have, that have played a fair bit. And then a guy, when I got the chance to see a practice a few days back, Wade Jackson, mm-hmm. who I thought was really engaged and, and clearly was trying to learn as, as rapidly as he could, as much as anything else. And another guy that had one of those freshman years that probably should he should still be counted as a freshman. Right. How critical are those three guys to, to what you're looking for, especially being able to each take a jump a little bit and, and fortify things back there? Yeah, we're, we're expecting Jalen to, to be, you know, a senior, a mm-hmm. senior and one of the best players in our conference and, you know, if not the best player on our team. Um, you know, it's that time. We, we look at last year, Patriot League, you know, there are a lot of senior dominant guards and, um, you know, 
in our, our regular season. We lost to a lot of those guys. We lost to Lafayette. Uh, you know, we lost to Cam Davis's Navy team. And, you know, I'm expecting Jalen to be those guys or be like those guys and, and will us to those wins in those tight games, um, you know, because it's his time. He's been through it. He knows what we're trying to do. And uh, he has the ability so I'm expecting a big jump out of Jalen. Uh, Kenny's solid. He, he's solid. He's, you know, he's playing really well right now for us. Um, he, he grasps what we want to do offensively. He could really shoot the ball. Um, I'm excited about the, the step he's going to make uh, being our full-time guy. When we made our run last year, uh, he started. We put him in the starting lineup. And so uh, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting him to come in with some confidence. And, you know, Wade's an interesting one. He's, you know, he won all of our, uh, you know, Iron Greyhound Awards this summer, whatever my assistant coaches came up with the names. <laughs> uh, you know, Big Cat, Big Dog, I don't even know. Uh, but he won all those awards in terms of physical ability. Now you got to turn it into transferable skills on the court. And, um, you know, it's going to be a work in progress for him. But I, I think he's going to have a, a really good, impactful year. And, yes, he's young. He kind of got bit by the fact that last year we were going through some things and, um, you know, through no fault of his own, his playing time dipped a bunch. Um, hopefully he can earn that back and be ready to go. You, uh, you know, you don't get to play any non-conference games a year ago, so all you do is go out and schedule trips to North Carolina and Maryland. <laughs> I mean, my, my word, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, got to make it all up in one season? Yeah, I mean, everyone that I've worked for will probably yell at me when they see our schedule because uh, this, this is not the thing to do. But, you know, quite frankly uh, – as we were making our schedule, you don't know if Santi's going to stay in the draft or not. Sure. Um, and, and so one thing I promised him was if you come back to school, we'll play against some competition that, you know, you'll, you'll know. Showcase yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it, at, that, at this stage, you, you got to know. Um, you got to know where you stack up against some of those guys. And um, if he returned, that would have been great. Now that he's not coming back, you know, I don't want our freshmen to have to know just yet, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is it is what it is. Um, the, the schedule's locked in. And, you know, we're, we're going to be a team that's going to grow throughout the season. And so we're not going to go down in Carolina and, you know, whatever happens, we're not going to soak. If, if we play well, great. If we don't play well, it's a building block. The freshman class, the the true freshman, if you will, that you, that you've got. I'm guessing you're going to need to lean on some of those guys, particularly the Illich twins in the post, but but also I think uh, Nick Marshall in the backcourt is probably a guy you're going to see too, right? Yeah, you know I, I love our freshman class. I, I know every every coach who sits in his seat probably says that, um, but but I really really love our freshman class across the board. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned. Um, you know, Milos and Velko, uh, they're, they're, they look so much alike, uh, but their games aren't exactly the same. Um, and so we'll be able to play them together. We'll be able to split them, um, you know, from time to time. And, you know, they're tremendous talents. They're physical. They're 6'10". They can play the game, which is important to us. They can dribble, pass, shoot. Um, you know, they're not selfish. They're, they're tough. And so uh, I'm excited about them. Nick Marshall is extremely talented, um, you know, but he's going to have to grow into his game. Um, you know, he, he's not one that's coming in and just going to be ready made, but it's going to be fun for him. We talk to him a lot about just embracing the journey, uh, because I think by the time we get to conference play, you're going to see a completely different person than that you see at the beginning of the season. Um, David Brown is, is earning uh, a trust that we weren't sure if he was going to be ready to play or not as early as he is. Um, I think he's going to, we're going to be able to throw him out there. Uh, and then Chris Kazimka, 
Um, you know, he's been a little banged up, and so we haven't gotten a chance to see him as much. But I think, you know, he's paying attention. He's asking the right questions. I think he'll be ready to hit the ground running in a few weeks when he's back on when he's back uh, on the court. And so I, I'm excited about that entire group, uh, and they're definitely going to play. This is, you know, we have um, 12 guys on scholarship, and there's not one. And this is not new. I mean, this is new for me. There's not one that I can't see that we would feel comfortable putting in the game. And so I'm excited about that. All right, wrapping up with Tavares Hardy from Loyola. You make this great run to the Patriot League final a year ago, but, you know, you lose kind of an eternal talent. Is it, is it fair to say the expectation doesn't change? Like, this is, this is what we were moving towards. We think that we should continue to be on this trajectory? Oh, we definitely want to keep progressing. Um, our expectations are high. You know, we don't really talk a whole lot about championships and things of that nature, but we do talk about the fact that our guys got a chance to play in that game and they got a chance to experience it, and so now they know. Um, you know, I think perceptionally uh, folks are going to pick us down because you lose a, a first round draft pick and we're okay with that we're not worried about that uh, I talked to my staff are we developing our players yes are we recruiting the best talent we could possibly get yes are we excited about the group that we have absolutely and so that's that's going to be the baseline of what we're doing stay true to our culture and we'll, we'll see what happens as we get going all right here's Tavares Hardy you can get out and see Loyola they've got um again they got a trip to North Carolina no big deal <laughs> to start this season their first home game Will not be until uh, November seventeenth. No, no, that's at Coppin. So it's November. It's the Elizabethtown game, right yeah, on the twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that'll be the first home game at Reed's Arena to go check them out. Well, yeah. We we have an exhibition on Monday against Hopkins from down the street. Um, and so if you're you're in town and you want to watch some local teams battle it out, yeah. um, uh, Monday at seven o'clock we play Hopkins. It'll be fun for folks to come see. Well, after a year where you didn't get a non-conference schedule, you put four games in six days to start. It's good that you're making up for lost time there That's right out right. of the shoot. That's Coach, right. it's great to see you. Thank you so much for coming and stopping by. It's, it's nice to feel some normalcy and nice to be able to do these things again. It's great to see you. We'll see you out there this season, all right? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. He's Tavares Hardy from Loyola. Appreciate him stopping by. Now we will grab a break, I promise, because we're a little bit late getting to it. So we'll grab a break. We come back in. Jim Ferry from UMBC is scheduled to be next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick Stevens is here for the College Basketball Preview Show. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, and you can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. I don't know what that is, but that's uh, get back. We're back in here. It is the college basketball preview show. Somebody calling us. We'll try to get that fixed. There we go. There we are. It's the college basketball preview show. Glenn Clark, Patrick Stevens, with you as uh, we continue we to work our way through the uh, the area college basketball coaches this morning. Thanks again to the first couple, Ed DeCellis as well as Tavares Hardy for uh, joining us. And we continue on, Patrick. We got more to do. In fact, I think this is going to be the first time I'm going to have the opportunity to catch up with uh, with our next guest. He is the new head coach at UMBC, getting ready for his first season here after his most recent stop at Penn State. He's Coach Jim Fair, and he joins us now here on the College Basketball Preview Show. Coach, it's uh, Glenn and Patrick. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Coach, you there? You hear us? All right, we'll try to get that straightened out, see what's going on there. Patrick, I, I guess while we wait for that, go ahead and give me your thumbnail on UMBC. Oh, we good? We good? Coach, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Oh, all right. Love that. Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC. Coach, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate you joining us this morning. I I wanted to start this way, if I could. From where you were at the time that you took the job to now, what have you most learned about UMBC, about the area, about the job itself? What have you most learned in the short amount of time before you've even played a game? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, but... one of the things, it probably wasn't even learning. It was just uh, reinforcing what I felt. You know, the people here, uh, really attracted to the people when I first met them uh, here at the university, um, whether it was President Rabowski or, or Brian Barrio, or Jessica, and the, the players, the people on campus. It's really such a great vibe, a great feel on campus that everybody's really here for the right thing. And they're here for the students. 
um, everybody's willing to work for each other. It's a really uh, tight knit group of people. You know, whether you're talking about campus security down to, you know, people working in a cafeteria or, or, or Freeman Rabowski. So I think that was something that attracted me right away and it's kind of reinforced itself. Um, I love the school. Obviously, it's a great reputation. We've been recruiting, you know, really hard since the day we got here and bringing in people from the area and everybody has that same uh, same expression, the same feeling. They're like, oh, my God, I never knew UMBC was like this. Um, you know, what a beautiful campus, what a great school facility. So it's been uh, really enlightening and really uplifting, uh, knowing that we have something really special here. Um, I love being in this area. I love being in this part of the country, uh, being in Baltimore. I live, I moved into downtown Baltimore and I just love it. You know, it, it's, it's about nine miles away, but great vibe in the city. I think it's a great sports town. Uh, the people are really nice people, welcoming people. Uh, so it's been great, man. Everything so far has been fantastic. You know, again, I'm still undefeated, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. Life's still good. Yeah. Nobody's goes. mad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> see where it goes there, but I don't see that stuff changing. I'll be honest with you. That stuff's not, that stuff's not going to change. So it's been great. My family loves it. I love it. My staff loves it. And uh, we're really excited. Like I said, really grateful to have this opportunity. Jim, I know you have a, a extended track record, especially at the Division One level, of the uh, really good LIU Brooklyn teams of about a decade ago, the run at Duquesne, and, and then last year taken over uh, w- w- under interesting circumstances, to say the least, at Penn State. W- how would you say, over all those years, you would define a, a Jim Ferry team? What sort of traits do you think that, that people are going to see uh, you instill here at UMBC? Yeah, you know, I, I think you're going to see, you know, we're going to be unselfish. We're going to be tough and we're going to be disciplined. I think those have been the core values of my programs and especially the teams that have had great success have really bought into that. Um, you know, we share the ball. Uh, we're a team that plays at a real aggressive pace. We're high in assists, which means your team likes each other. Uh, we're scrappy. We're tough. Uh, for anybody that saw our teams play last year at, from Penn State in the Big Ten, you know, we were out, man. We were small, but, man, we were tough as heck. And those, those are what you want, guys. I just want to fly around and, and love the game of basketball. Um, you know, we got kids. We got really good kids here. Ryan ran a great program. Uh, fortunate enough to keep some of these guys here and then add some of our guys into the mix. Um, so hopefully you're going to see that foundation being built. But we're going we're gonna to play an exciting style of basketball. We're going to be unselfish. We're going to be tough. We're going to be disciplined. You mentioned being able to hold on to some of those guys, a few that stand out, Darnell Rogers, LJ Owens, and Keandre Kennedy, who I think was the sixth man of the year in the America East last year. How would you kind of size up each of those guys and, and how valuable you think they're going to be for your first season in Catonsville? Yeah, first of all, great kids, just really awesome guys. Um, and, you know, each, one, each one's different, each one's unique. Obviously, you start with Darnell, Darnell and his uniqueness. Uh, <laughs> I've been blown away by Donnell, just the fact that like it just seems impossible, doesn't it, Coach? It just yeah, man. Seems... Like, and well, first of all, now like I don't even recognize the size now anymore. I just mm. don't, you know, come around every day. But you know, man, what a credit to him! Like for someone to become that good, man. He loves basketball. He's played a lot of basketball. He's a really good player, man. He's tough. He's physical. Uh, he's fast, which really fits into the way we do things. And and you know, my thing to those guys, you know, when I got here. Um, Two of those guys, Darnell and Keandre, were in a transfer portal. And I just wanted to meet them and just say, hey, man, like, I asked them and just I just listened. Like, what are you looking for? What do you want? I'm not going to try to talk anybody into to staying. I only want guys in my program that want to be in my program. And, and those are the ones you have success with. So just hearing what they wanted and then expressed who I was. And then it was really quick. Both of those guys really quick said, hey, I'm in. I'm staying. And I'm glad they did. It's been, it's been really good, you know. 
Um, LJ has been tremendous, just, just another great kid, great leadership qualities, um, great feel for the game, has poise, um, you know, can score at three different levels. He's really committed, disciplined defensively. Uh, I think he's a really good player. I think you're going to see him have a really big year for us. And then, uh, you know, Keandre was the same thing when he was at transfer portal. Just, hey, man, come on back here. Let's sit down. Let's talk. What are we, what are we looking for? What are you thinking about? Um, and I think he's, you know, he has the ability to be a big time player uh, in this league. He just has that ability to score the ball. He's got that knack of scoring the ball. He's having a little bit of an adjustment, adjusting to maybe my style and how aggressive we want to be in certain things, getting him to play a little bit harder at certain things. But as he's getting better at that stuff, man, he's, he's really going to have a, a, a bright future this year in front of him. Because, again, he's one of those guys you play him all over the floor, uh, a unique ability to put the ball in the basket. He is Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC. He's with us on our college basketball preview show. Um, Jim, you know, Patrick brings up the guys that stuck around. A couple of them did lead to go with Ryan out to Utah State, but you went to the transfer portal, and, and I, I want to know a little bit more about Ray Salnave, who came in from DePaul, who who seems like someone that, that is kind of a natural scorer and a, a creator on his own. Should we expect that a lot of times the ball's probably going to end up going through him? At, at times, you know, Ray's a unique player. He's a really physical, strong, versatile guard. Um, you know, if you look at his stats from when he was at Monmouth, man, he made a living at the foul line. So he's really physical and aggressive. Uh, had a tough year at DePaul. I've known Ray for a long time. We're actually both from the same neighborhood back home in New York, in Elmont. We know a lot of the same people. Um, Ray had a tough year with the COVID year. Knocked him out of the box for a while. Tough time at DePaul. So we had to get him here, get him really back in shape, get him back in that flow of playing the game. Uh, he's in great shape right now. He's getting better every day. Um, you know, another thing about Ray is like his versatility. Like we can play him at multiple positions on the floor. He's big. He's strong. Um, and just his his willingness to do so has been great. You know, he's just like, hey, man, you know, whatever. Wherever you're going to play me, that's fine. Come off the bench, start, whatever. Um, and I think that's been that's important to us, have an older guy like that. Um, got some experience, um, got some physical toughness to him. So he, he's been he's been really making an impact for us. When we look at the at the roster overall, it seems like you guys have a, a plethora of options in the backcourt that are established up front. Maybe not as as tested at the Division One level beyond maybe a Dmitry Spasievich. How does that group kind of look to you at this point, uh, and, and how do you see that sizing up as 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 the season opener quickly approaches? Yeah, I, I think, you know, like you said, you know, Meech has been tremendous, you know, being able to have him come back, older experience, you know, the physical player, um, being able to play him at the five, uh, especially in our league, it gives you a physical presence, someone that can score in the post. Um, you know, we got, you got Yao, who was a, a transfer from junior college. We brought in really guys going to like watching him man. talk about energy guy. He's flying all over the place. He's a versatile forward. Um, and, and the guy that that's really, surprised me because I hadn't really seen him a lot with Shimon. Okay. Um, he's been really playing well. You know, he's a perimeter five man, but he's 6'10", can block shots and score around the rim. And it, it's going to be vital for us because I, I'm not sure you guys know this, but, you know, we've had two major injuries at the four spot this mm. year. So AG and Trey both out for the year. Uh, AG tore his patella tendon, Trey tore his Achilles second day of practice. So we've had to kind of, you know, recreate ourselves over the past couple of weeks. So we're going to be playing small ball. Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to be playing four guards, but have like a three-headed monster at that five spot where they're all different. Um, and really they're just forwards and not really five men. So we're going to be a little unique 
offensively and, and we don't have to grind it and be scrappy and tough defensively. So we're going to be playing at a fast tempo, like I said, playing four guards most of the time. But I think in that front court, um, especially for our league, you know, in the America East to have three guys to lock down that position, I think it's going to give us a huge advantage. Coach, obviously, you know, part of the reason you come to a place like UMBC is because of, of what has been built here. And, and what comes along with that, of course, is expectations, right? That this is a program, we all know what happened against Virginia, but it's beyond that. They have been right at the top of the league for the last few years and, you know, regularly beating Vermont at a pace that's almost unheard of, right? Like, that's the expectation. How, how do you handle that, you know, with a, a lot of transfers and now you're dealing with injuries for some of those guys? How do you handle that that's what the expectation is for this program as you try to lay your own foundation for what you're doing here at UMBC? Yeah, yeah. I, I just worry about my team. I worry about our guys. We focus one day at a time, you know, all that expectation stuff and all that stuff. It's it's That's great for the fans, and, and they should feel that way. But we're, we're worried about each team's different. Right. Each, especially college basketball, each team's different every year. So you got to figure out who you are. You know, we're, we're building this program, you know, wouldn't say from scratch, but it's whenever there's a coaching change, there's a, there's, a, there's change, there's adjustment, different style. We've got to bring, we got to bring in a bunch of guys. We lost, you know, some really good players, you know, heck you lost what two first team all league guys and kid Daniel Atkin was a really good player. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's a new team. We're starting over. Schedule is totally different now too. You know, we, We've really upgraded the schedule. Athletic director and I, Billy Ryan, sat down and he didn't want to play, you know, all those Division three games as non-league games. So we're not going to play those. We're playing, you know, Division one opponents every single night out. Really tough competition on the road. I mean, we got UNC Greensboro. We're at Delaware. Talk about two teams picked at the top of their league. Uh, we're at Princeton. I mean, we, we got a, a really tough schedule this year. Besides, you know, the Georgetowns, the the UMass and yeah, UMass. Yeah. yeah, you know, we we've really upgraded the schedule. Um, and it's something that you know, uh, President Robowski wanted to do, it's something that Brian wanted to do, and myself, you know, since we beat Virginia, we want to kind of let's let's elevate ourselves and start playing uh, some of these other schools, certainly in the local area as well. How challenging, given the pandemic kind of hovering over everything, was it to be able to to turn that thing around schedule wise on a dime and, and get all those games once you got into? into UMBC in the spring, just given the really, time, the time crunch there. Yeah. Really challenging, really challenging. That's why we weren't really able to get, you know, some of the home games that we might've wanted uh, some of the games that we might've wanted. Um, it was extremely challenging. Um, that's why I see us like, you know, I'm looking at it right now, you know, we got a stretch where at Delaware, at Georgetown, at Princeton, you know, UNC Greensboro's coming in, um, not able to get a lot of games, uh, um, during school, uh, you know, when school's in. So it's, it's been an extremely tough schedule. Um, you know, where in the past, maybe you plug it in with a, with a, a couple of Division three games at home uh, makes it a little bit easier. But, that, you know, that's not what we're going to try to do. We're going to really try to, you know, see if we can get even some better games at home next year, maybe when we can start, mm. um, you know, doing it ourselves right from the get-go. We got here a little late, um, and obviously Ryan and his staff had moved on, so – you know, a lot wasn't really done. And certainly when his coaching changes, no one ever abides by the, the previous schedule anyway. So um, it was challenging and it's going to be challenging every year. And the thing that makes it really challenging, uh, I think is the success that Ryan had had. 
right? So no one wants to play you. <laughs> right. Well, you shouldn't be Virginia, man. How are we going to have you play? You know. All right. So it, it was really hard because we'd get close to playing games and people, ah, now we're going to go play somebody else. So, you know, that's another uh, thing that's hard to, to, to deal with once you do get the success at this level. We had the same situation um, at LIU when we started getting really good, man. We couldn't get games, you know, so we wound up having to go on the road and, you know, play at Kentucky and Indiana or, or, you know, or, or play St. John's, but we couldn't get games at home that we were going to get to. So that's something that we're going to have to deal with uh, here in the future due to the success that's been been happening here. And it's a good problem to have, obviously, right? Like, it's, you know, it's better than showing up somewhere and, yeah, we'll happily come play it because you guys can't win a game, right? <laughs> like, it's much yeah. better than that. Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC, uh, they're opening up at UMass on the 9th, and then there is the one um, lower-level game at home against yeah. Penn State York on November 15th. That'll be your first chance. And love what you're saying, too, by the way, Coach, about those not – man, when that when that building – when there are people in there for a big game, it is such a special place since they've opened that building up for a, for a big game with a raucous atmosphere. It is, it is a cool – so the idea of there being some big non-conference games – in the coming years is really exciting. Um, uh, coach, I guess, you know, let, let, let's, let's do this. Like how you, you said you moved into Baltimore, you're downtown. Like, are you, have you enjoyed a crab cake yet? Like, have you fully immersed yourself as a Baltimorean just yet to this I'm point? I'm trying. I mean, I'm still a New Yorker, so finding a nice slice of pizza has been a little rough. Mm, we can, ha- we can help a little. Cakes. We can make some <laughs> suggestions. That's, that's <laughs> our right, department. Right. We'll make some suggestions for you, but, but. Crab, you- crab cakes have been great. I love the crab soup, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, you know, the restaurants are great. The people are really nice. Uh, you know, love being, I, I've, I've been to an Orioles game and I've been to a Ravens game already. So I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Getting in there, it's so. it's sad as you brought up Dr. Rabowski a couple times. I'm I'm, I'm sorry that he's not going to be around for another decade for you to have over yeah. there because what a special human being he is and really is man. You know. He really is, and I'm very fortunate, obviously, to to get to work with him for this year. Yeah, and obviously getting to, getting to know him, and he's been you know totally as advertised. Man, what a big time person. Uh, Coach, best of luck this season. We're going to be over to see you. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Let's talk again real soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it, man. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Take care, Jim. Jim Ferry yeah. from UMBC. Appreciate him hopping on with us here in the College Basketball Preview Show. Uh, the Window Nation Fall is Calling sale is on right now. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four windows, get four free. There's no limit, plus pay nothing for two full years. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Patrick, let's get your thumbnails both on, we'll go back to Loyola and then on UMBC here before we chat with Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. Well, I think for Loyola, the, the question for them is how quickly do they adjust, adapt to life without Santi Aldama, which we talked about yep. both before we talked to Tavares Hardy and while we talked to Tavares Hardy. That's another great example of a team that is going to use the next two months to figure out who it is, figure out who's ready to play, and then get going for, for conference play. I think they'll be in that league, the most improved team from the start of the season to the end Hmm. of the season. Hmm. And and I think we've seen that from what Tavares has done during his time at Loyola. We've seen those teams get better. And some of it's been a matter of just simply getting healthy. Mm -hmm. But but they've gotten better as as the season has gone along. And so, you know, Cam Spencer's really... It goes a long way, doesn't it? It goes a really long way. He he is the answer to a lot of the problems there, uh, or a lot of the questions there, however you you want to phrase it. I think those young guards are interesting, Marshall and, and, and Wade Jackson. I mean, those are those are the those are the two guys that, that stand out a little bit as, you know, if they come along, that's a, that is an interesting group. And suddenly you've got 
four, five, or six guards that they can play pretty credibly. You know, up front, you know, Golden DK probably needs to be a little more consistent than he's been over over the course of of, the, of his career so far. If he comes along and the and the Twins come along, they're going to be good up there too. So you know, they have more size. Like they're long, they're rangy, um, they're big. I mean, they're they're they started to kind of remind me of, of how big some of the front courts that, that Jimmy Patsos had, you mm. know, like mm. they certainly haven't been this big in their Patriot league years. So I, I really think that they're, uh, they're, pr- they're going to be a team to, to look out for um, as the year goes on. Might, might have some problems early, but should get better as the year goes on. You want to give me a quick thought on UMBC before we'll we go to uh, Coach Engelstead? Let's, let's do it. All right, we'll talk to him right now. We continue on our college basketball preview show. Glenn Clark, Patrick Stevens. Today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Well, our next guest led his team to the NCAA tournament a year ago and an NEC title and looking to continue as, you know, he's now part of the championship tradition at Mount St. Mary's. It's a pleasure to welcome back Coach Dan Engelstad, who's now with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, good to be back on. All, all this means is we're closer to basketball season, and that's a good thing. No question about it. Obviously, it's a very good thing out there. Uh, can you take me through, you know, we, we talked, obviously, as you made that run last year, what it did, even, even in the odd circumstances during which it occurred, what it did for the community and for the feel that you have for a place that's, you know, basketball rabid as it is, um, how much it meant to your program to go through something like that? It's- yeah, very unique, um, you know, to, to win it without fans. You know, that's the one thing that we have at Mount St. Mary's is a really um, remarkable fan base that shows up and really supports their program and, you know, has supported me over the last couple of years, even during some lean times. But um, after we won the championship, you know, we were greeted by the entire Emmitsburg community and we had a, you know, a parade through town and came back and were greeted by about 400, 500 faculty and staff and students and um, you know, that this has a rich, rich tradition of basketball and now to be part of it was uh, really special. It was different. Um, but, you know, you can you can see the difference it's made in our guys as well. You know, coming back, the guys, the confidence they have from, you know, becoming a champion. And, um, you know, they're excited to, to play in front of this crowd again. You know, we have guys on our roster now that won a championship that have no idea what it's like to play in front of a, a pack, not arena. So, you know, everyone's just really looking forward to that. You mentioned some of those guys coming back. I mean, I, I think about uh, some of your front court guys. It feels like they have been in Emmitsburg for for mm. about eight or nine years now. Nana Apoku and Malik Jefferson, uh, two guys that have really been standouts for you the last few seasons. And just how much are are they? You think kind of the the foundation of, of what this team is going to be, especially after having had that championship experience last year. Yeah, they are. They are the foundation. Mm-hmm. They they came in and it was a building. Um, you know, project. We were the youngest team in America, uh, and those uh, two have have been um, through the mud with us. You know, we 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 didn't. It wasn't roses from the beginning. They went through the ups and downs, and now for them to be on the other end of it, you know, they've gotten there because they're high character, because they're talented, and um, you know, it's really nice because we have some really talented young guys, but they have an example in front of them with Malik and Nana now, and you know, Mezzi and and guys like DeAndre and. Um, guys that have played uh, college basketball and um, but 
Malik and Nana, you know, you can see it every day in their approach. Uh, they've been, you know, guys that have, have showed up every day, gotten better. And, um, you know, they, they have a chance to really elevate this program even more this year. You know, they're, they're unique, you know, you don't get four year guys that are, um, you know, as high character as they are very often that are that big, mm. you know, these guys, this is a front line that we're going to go, you know, into Villanova and Kentucky and some of the top teams, you know, in the nation. And, and we're going to be looking at my eye and, you know, they've really developed. And, you know, I, I think both of them have a chance to play beyond their time here at the mountain, um, you know, looking forward to, to seeing the type of senior years that they have. On that note, that's a heck of a first eight days of the season. Right. You got You got going there. Yeah, buckle up, right? I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> let's uh, let's play the nation's best and see where we stand. And you know, part of it here at the Mount is we got to go. Um, you know, bring in some money for um, our program and for the university. But the other part of it too is, you know, we got a taste last year. You know, we we got a taste of what that tournament felt like, and we don't want to go home right away. You know, that's kind of been the drive for these guys is we we don't want to just get back. Like we want to we want to stay the weekend. And if you're gonna do that, like you're going to play the Villanova's you're going to play the Kentucky. So let's, let's line it up and find out where we stand and get better from it and use it, you know, for, um, you know, no matter what happens in the game, let's, let's learn it as, uh, as learning material. And, you know, our, our guys get fired up and, you know, I, I think Villanova's already sold out. So went from playing in front of no fans to 6,000 packed and, you know, they're top five in the country. And I know one thing, our guys aren't going to back down. We're going to compete really hard. He's Coach Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. who's with us on our college basketball preview show. Um, Dan, it, it, do we fall in a trap if we say, well, you lost an undersized guard who was you know, quite the leader on your team, but there seems to be another one that could just slide right into that role and, and do a lot of the same things. Is, is, is that, you know, are, are, we, um, are we making a mistake if we just make that assumption about Jalen Benjamin? Well, first off, you know, Damian did so much for our program. You know, Damian was a, a fearless leader and somebody who kept getting better and better and um, did a lot for our basketball program. So you never want to downplay um, what he meant for us. Um, Jalen Benjamin is gifted. He is talented and he plays with pop. I mean, that guy, since he's been here, has a smile on his face and is just, you know, you, you never know how it is with a guy that's played at like a conference USA and did well and produced there won 20 plus games, two years. And, um, but he's come in and it's, it really has been a seamless fit. I mean, he's, he's just taken off and um, he's a different player than um, what we had before, but the guys really um, respect his work ethic. And, and he's somebody that's, that's leading our group. And um, I have a, I have expectation that, uh, you know, he, he can help, take our program to another level. And, and he does that because he works really hard. Um, he can make all the reads and decisions off the, the, um, off the ball screen. You know, we run a ton of ball screen in our offense and he's, he's got a really high IQ um, and, and he can also play off the ball. So, you know, other guys are making plays. And um, so I, I think it's, it's fit. Well, we, we haven't played a game that counts yet. So, you know, until we get into those moments and, um, you go through the battles with someone you don't know, but, but Jalen's really gifted. He's talented and um, you know, he, he's been about all the right stuff so far. You mentioned Mezzi Offerham a little bit ago, uh, a guy that had come in, transferred from GW had obviously, uh, you know, been an area guy and, and whatnot. I'm sure there was probably a little bit of rust to shake off after having not played a whole lot his first couple of years, but, but how far along has he come in his year plus or so since arriving in Emmitsburg? 
Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing Mezzi take another jump. You know, it, it, you talked about it. He It was his third year college basketball, but he never got into a rhythm and never played a whole lot. Um, Mezzi has a prototypical NBA body. I mean, he's six foot eight, can play the three and the four, is a matchup nightmare, both of those spots and for different reasons. Um, but, you know, confidence is a, a big thing with him. And I think he really started to come on late for us last year. And um, he's one of those guys that is relentless in his approach. He he lives in the gym. Like it's to the point where sometimes we got to tell Mezzi that he's got to, you know, relax a little bit just because he's working so hard to try to perfect, you know, his craft. And, um, you know, he really wants to improve his jump shooting and really wants to, you know, be a more effective uh, player for us. And, um, you know, if he just lets the game come to him and, and keeps the game simple and rebounds the basketball and, and plays an attack and trusts his work, um, you know, Mezzi can be an elite player, um, not just in our conference, but in the country, just because of his physical gifts. And um, he's such a great leader for us as well. And I'm excited to see Mezzi take another jump for us in year two here at the Mount. Dan, one of the things that's jumping out at me as we're chatting with you, you know, you talk to so many coaches who say, you know, last year's last year, it's different team, new team, you know, but it, and I, and I know you're not doing that. You're not saying this year's team is the same, but what really jumps out at me is when you talk about, Hey, like we want to make a, a run on the weekend in the end of the tournament. It, 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 you're really embracing. That's who we think we are now as a program and, and, and where we're supposed to be. Is that fair to say that like, that is the expectation that you have for this basketball team uh, moving forward? Yeah, I took over the job and, you know, my mission statement when I got it was, you know, I want to graduate young men that feel an attachment to Mount St. Mary's and I want to win games in the NCAA tournament. Like that is what I envisioned. And when I watch our guys practice and I watch how they compete, like we can do that. Like, I don't, you never know what the season's going to bring. You never know how it's going to work. I just know we have depth. We are fast. We're a tight knit group. And these guys work really, really hard. So we have all the recipe to make that jump. And, you know, we, we want to be on the national stage. You know, we want to, we want to be a team that, that uh, you know, not just wins our conference, but, you know, is a team that people, um, you know, are recognized, you know, not just around here, but across the country. And we've recruited guys from not just the country all over the world and high character guys. And, you know, that, that gives you a chance when you got that, you know, elite level, um, talent and work ethic. And I'm very fortunate. I got a great staff that just works their tails off and develops. So, you know, guys get better within our program. And, you know, I, the reason why also you want to graduate young people, A, it's fun in our, in our profession to watch a young man grow and develop and finish out with graduation and get to completion. But to win, you got to get old. <laughs> you got to get mm-hmm. old. So at the mid-major, low-major level, you have to become – an older team and we've done that and we have really good young talent behind it. So, you know, I feel good where we're at with our program, but, you know, got to keep fighting every day to, to, to not just maintain it, but take those steps that we talked about. To, to build off of that, there's, there's, there's a couple ways that that sort of belief kind of builds. It's one's on your end. And then I think also seeing other people do it helps too. And I, I think about Oral Roberts and the run that they had last year being a, a recent mm. example. I got to think that, for a program like yours that, that has some older guys, that has some continuity, uh, that that's the sort of thing that you look at and say, you know, why not us in that sort of case? Yeah, no question. I mean, that's, you know, that, those are examples that were cited last year. And, um, you know, it was a, it was an empty feeling when you lose that last game, you know, it was the NCAA tournament was different because 
there was no real, you know, a couple hundred fans there in assembly hall. You're playing in one of the best basketball venues in the world, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a packed environment. So you ended and it was just like, you know, we want, we want more, you know, we want more and you see teams do it and you see them, you know, that, that, that feeling of, you know, that, that euphoric feeling of, of doing something that hasn't happened here. And, you know, we're not trying to just, you know, recreate history. We're trying to make our spin on it. And, you know, there's stuff in front of us that we still haven't accomplished. You know, we, we haven't, we haven't been regular season champions in the NEC and that's a really tough task. Our league, and you'll people will find this out early. Our league is as good as it's been, just because, like I said, it's old. Mm-hmm. You know, we got, we're not being picked first. We we return pretty much everybody, but Damian, that was a contributor, and we're picked third. So think about you got Bryant, you got Wagner, you got us, you got teams that are sitting there in the eight nine spot that think they have a chance because they do. They're talented, they're good. So you know, we have goals in front of us that we want to win the regular season. We want to go make a run, and um, you know, to to do that, you got to things got to break your way, but you got to have, you know, that, that talent and that continuity that I talked about. And, and we have that now. Well, as you mentioned, it starts just nice, easy one at Villanova on uh, November 9th, a four thirty in the afternoon game on Fox sports one. And then the first home game on the 11th against Washington college out in Emmitsburg coach Dan Engelstad really appreciate you taking a couple minutes for us this morning. We'll be chatting with you as the season goes on. Thank you for doing it. Let's talk again real soon. All right. Yeah, thank you guys so much for your coverage and, uh, you know, look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dan. Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's next up on the list on our college basketball preview show this morning. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Patrick Stevens. It's our annual college basketball preview show. Next up, joining us in studio when we come back from break, will be Towson head coach Pat Scary. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at Window windownation.com it's the perfect time for window nation the perfect fit i love you more than rock and roll i love you more than a swimming hole i love you more than pinball Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. (laughs) 
every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Well, today it's uh, Glenn Clark and Patrick Stevens on uh, Glenn Clark Radio for a college basketball preview show. And we continue on. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. As joining us now here in studio, it's been too long since we've seen this man. It's one of our favorites. Pat Scary from Towson is back with us. It's so good to see you. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you coming in. Fellas, I can't tell you how great it is to see you guys. And don't forget to tip the weight staff. Yeah, Good right. Job. So uh, I, we were joking uh, during the break. Um, a lot of times when there's a tough game, we'll say, like, did you just burn the tape or something like that? Did, did you just burn maybe all the tape from all of last year entirely, like burn everything and just say, let's never think about this ever again? I mean, you know, uh, one, I would thank all the guys that hung in there yeah. last year. It's certainly not. I promised them when, when we were recruiting them. So, you know, uh, it was nobody's fault. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing like my, my AD is a great guy, and he asked me after the season, what did you learn? I said, you know, I learned that if you uh, don't form any habits, it's hard to have success. And, you know, when you don't have a routine, it's, it's hard to form habits. So there's not a whole lot of, like, really deep thought that goes <laughs> into that. So um, we're incredibly thankful that we've had a normal spring, summer, and fall. And looking forward to hopefully just keep progressing. Like a normal basketball season and, you know, like. We have. I like I said, I don't want to get into too much. We, we have 20 practices last year from November to the end of the season. So, you know, um, three surgeries and, you know, just to, um, and, and, and didn't perform up to our standards. So, you know, it's just uh, not, there's not much we could take from that other than, um, you know, like I said, it's it's good to be back to doing business as usual. You guys have obviously brought in some new faces this year so, and some interesting faces. Anthony Rizzuto, uh, from, Antonio Rizzuto, sorry, uh, from, from Albany. Terry Nolan Jr., a guy that stands out. Chase Parr from GW. Uh, seems like you guys have cert- certainly revamped the roster on that front, and all those guys, I suspect, have a chance to, to really help you out this year too. Yeah, they, they all will play a lot, uh, all four. The other guy being Cam, Cam Holden. Holden, he's a um, – I'm not going to tell you he's Jarrell Bennerman – but he's in the mold of him and Eddie Keith. He's going to give us a skilled guy at the four, which we haven't had a lot of. Um, he's a competitive uh, guy. Uh, yeah, um, you're happy to talk about him. Big Chase is a uh, – he's, go- he's good. He's big. He's 
250, and he's got some game. He's from up at Glen Elg, you know, Country Day. And um, Antonio Rizzuto is my kind of guy. He's uh, he's built like a Russian tank, and he can guard you. He can shoot it uh, right up the road in York. Um, and then Terry's really, really gifted. He's an unbelievable guy and leader, and the seamless transition with those guys in the locker room has been something I have tremendous appreciation for um as i told you guys it's the nicest group of guys in 30 years i i've had other nice groups because these guys are as nice a bunch of guys as i've ever been a part of and those transfers have a lot uh, to do with it i i gotta step in for a second i've i've gotten to know terry a little bit over the years obviously people that terry's a baltimore kid right and one of the best human beings that I've ever and go ask uh, our friend Rob Long about what Terry Nolan means to him and his family and what he's done for his son. Like that is, I, I I'm so excited that he ended up here of all places to finish his college career to have that opportunity because this city, like, d- needs to see what Terry Nolan's all about. Well, you hit it on the head. One, you're not as excited as I am. Yeah, he ended up here. yeah. So let's get that on. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> on, on, on I believe that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Obviously, great family, great student. We unsuccessfully tried to recruit him twice. Um, about three, four, four years, he beat us down at GW. He had 26 uh, people. We have a great basketball community here. I do encourage them to come out and see him. Uh, one, you'll be shocked how much different he looks physically. Um, he looks really good physically. Okay. Um, two is what we didn't realize is he, how good he is with the ball in his hands, not just scoring it. So you'll see a lot of that. Um, and he's an infectious personality. So hopefully um, people will come out to see him. But, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to get the chance to coach him this year. He's special, man. He's just a really special – I know this is just me editorializing right now, but I'm telling you, this is a special human being, a special young man who means a lot to a lot of people around here. Go see Terry Nolan play basketball. Now I'm done. Go ahead, Patrick. You can get back to basketball. <laughs> I, it's it's a selfish thing. I, it's a that, very that, selfish that, thing that's, for me. That's perfectly okay. A um, couple holdovers, uh, Nicholas Timberlake and uh, and Jason Gibson, two guys that have, we saw even in the before times, basically. Um, how how much are, do you see them as as vital contributors for, for this bunch? What, what do huge, they the table? huge. First of all, a lot of people realize Timberlake, Gibson, and Gray all had surgery mm-hmm. after the season. Um, uh, I'll start with Timberlake. He looks great. Uh, maybe the best he's ever looked physically. Uh, he played with some he had bone spurs removed. Honestly, we wanted to shut him down in January. He was like, this is all I got for two hours a day. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he just pushed through and had a solid year for us. Um, Jawan Gray, I'm really proud of. You know, he had surgery on a fully torn Achilles on January 3rd. He started full contact eight months, which usually doesn't happen. So uh, he's up to 220. He's done a nice job adding some muscle. Um, I'm not going to tell you he's all the way back, but he's all the way back as far as participating. And uh, so we're really proud of his progress. Um, Jason Gibson, obviously, is a key guy for us. Uh, I think people will be impressed at how good his body looks. He didn't have any practices last year. Once he, we've, we had to, uh, he had to have a piece of his disc removed in his back. So then I'll, he kind of tried to grind it out for some mm-hmm. games. So we were very slow getting him back. Uh, he looks good. Um, like I said, he looks really good physically, and obviously his ability to shoot and his IQ. I mean, I thought he was our second-best player two years ago after Brian Fobbs on a, on a 19-win team. So he's back. And then obviously Charles Thompson, uh, mm-hmm. knock on wood, is he's made a big step in his game. Um, 
which isn't surprising. He looks good physically. So those are eight veteran guys that are gonna uh, that we're gonna count on heavily. Um, and I think Pat, because you're a pretty good statistics guy, I think a lot of people probably haven't done their homework. That's 82 points in their last year of Division One basketball. That'll um, come back with those guys. I, exactly where I wanted to go is looking at the the number of guys that average nine points or more the last time they played that are on this roster right now, which I think the first thing you'd probably say is good problem to have, right? Like you want that. Do you, do you sense that it's a by committee approach? Do you see someone establishing themselves as an alpha among that group? I think all those eight are going to play a lot. We're still like a lot of teams figuring out who, when, how, and where. Um, got a couple good freshmen. Um, the kid Bieku is a big, big guy, physical. And then the kid Radia Hicks has really impressed us. Um, different than what we've seen in a lot of our quarterbacking plays, incredibly fast and a terrific on-the-ball defender, which we haven't had. So, but yeah, those... Uh, I think there's some versatility. Like, we can play Chase and Charles together. We can play with four guards. We can play bigger. can slide gray down to the perimeter. You know, so uh, some of that needs to be sorted out. Um, we're a little bit different type of team. Um, hopefully we will defend uh, and, and, and rebound the basketball. we got to make sure we always do that. But we have um, a chance to become a very good ball movement and three-point shooting team, which some people would be surprised to hear. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's going to – if we're going to be what we uh, aspire to be, that'll be a big piece of the attack. I know from, from talking to some coaches around the league this summer, um, I, I think it, it feels like a jump ball. Like, I, I, I'm not sure there is an ob- – obviously, Delaware was picked to win the league, and they're veteran, and they're, and they're older, and they're talented. But – it feels like this is a super wide-open CAA this year where there really isn't much of a gap from 1 to 7, 1 to 8, 1 to 9 even. Is that, you think, a fair assessment that, that this thing is, this is a, 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 a it's it's guesswork trying to figure out where everybody's going to fit in? Um, You know, I don't, you know, who know, like, I will say this, CAA, it's a true mid-major league, so you're always going to have seven, eight very good teams. That's not a knock on some other conferences. That's just reality. Um, what, what I would say is that, you know, we really haven't studied a lot of the other teams, Pat. Um, but I will tell you that our players and our staff are keenly aware of what the conference, the conference membership and some media people think of our coaching and our ability. So we're keenly aware of that. And we have a great opportunity to either prove people right or prove some people wrong. He is Pat Scary, Towson basketball coach. He's with us here on our college basketball preview show. I, I guess with that in mind, Pat, obviously, like, look, you know, I'm not telling you the the one thing that hasn't happened yet, of course, is winning the CAA, right? Like, that's the one thing that's that's out there. After a year like last year, there may be a lot of people that would say, okay, well, it's a it's a heavy ass to go through something like that and be ready to turn around and compete to win a league championship a year later. But given what you've been building, all of the other things that you had accomplished in recent years, and given the talent that's on this roster, I, I would I would assume that you're thinking that way, that we're, we're here to compete to win the CAA this year. Well, I mean, you know, that's pretty much, we never talk about that. That's the goal, I, I would hope, for every team in every sport. You know, I mean, on November 9th, we're going to play a Super Bowl against Albany, and then we're going to reset and get ready for the next Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I just hope that we're getting better every day by getting back to building 
the type of habits that we've had that have allowed us to be uh, in in the mix. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we did. We we obviously were not up to standards last year, and we've had um, quite a few top three finishes in the prior eight yep. years. But we haven't cut down the. Um, and that's that's the goal. That's what that's what drives me. Like I said, I think our group, as well as staff, is keenly aware of. Um, how we were perceived, and that's a, that presents a great opportunity for us. But um, I, I think what you do in coaching, though, like to me, after not having a normal experience, um, I'm just really appreciative of the chance to coach these guys. Sure. And, you know, the transfers believe in, in our vision and how we're going to invest in them and the guys that did play a lot that wanted to come back, come back. So, like, personally, I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity because it's about winning games, Glenn, but it's also about the relationships you get the opportunity to develop with guys. Well, and the experience, right, that these guys missed out on, you know, during the course. Like, this this is more like what you're supposed to get from a college athletics experience is what you're going to go through this year. And I know that's not completely normal yet, and there's still some things you have to do, but it's got to feel more like, you know, th- this is what we thought these kids were signing up for when we come in here. Last year was harder than my first year. Yeah. And that was yeah, well, we remember. That yeah. was a challenging year. The difference was we were able to conduct business every day and try to get guys better, you know. Um sometimes it is it's a cliche. It's about, you know, your process and are you getting better. I always refer back to my my first conference game coaching my first year. We lost I think it was sixty two to twenty seven up at Drexel, who was picked to win the league. And I don't know if it was that close. And then <laughs> late in the year we lost to them by like eight. Well, we didn't win, it's still a loss, but I felt like that group had, had gotten better. So, you know, for me, is is this group playing its best basketball coming down the stretch this year? That's that's the whole part of that's health. Um, part of that's just continue to get better. That's a good coach's memory there, by the way. The Drexel game was 60-27, to 27, and the second Drexel game was an eight-point margin. Yeah. It's not bad. That's not bad. That's that, a pretty, that's pretty pretty good for almost ten years yeah, later. You right? don't remember the wins. You remember all the <laughs> losses. Fun to stick around with you for a little while. Can I ask you something generic that I've, I've been meaning to ask a couple coaches this morning? And just because yeah. I, you know we've had a relationship for a long time, I think when NIL was introduced, there were a lot of thoughts about like, oh, this is going to help Alabama football, and this is going to help you know Ohio State football, and like things like that. Can you speak to how it's maybe even touched your kids, like that, to, to know? We don't have to worry about these things. If there's something we can do to help out our family and anything like that, what it's meant to them to have those options. I think it's still evolving. Um, you know, one, I'm thankful our university hired a company, Influencer, to help our student-athletes navigate that. Um, what I'm learning is a lot of it's through social media. Coca-Cola probably isn't going to ask a 20-year-old to be a sponsor. I mean, you know, it depends on who, the, unless they're Kardashian, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I, I think the chance for the uh, student athletes to obviously, yeah, make some money is, is huge. And it, it's, you know, one of the things we've talked to our players about our guys that we're recruiting is just like, we're trying to develop your body and support you academically or working a jump shot. Yeah. We want to help you develop your, your, your personal brand. So um, I, I think um, to go in line, not to give a sales pitch, but, if I had a company, I got some really good guys. I'd come out and want to visit with them. Well, I would also think that being in a market like this, there's there has to be some advantage. And I, I know you know it's not supposed to be. You you're not plugging them together. You're not out there being the one to connect because that's that's not the way that the that rules is not work. the rules right. we wouldn't want to. Do, we would correct. Not want to I understand, and I understand that. But the, there, but has we to, got great guys. 
great guys and in a good market for something along those lines. Tremendous right? market. If you haven't stepped on our campus or our facility or saw what's around there and, and you live around here, you are... You need to get in your car, pump some gas, and get over there and enjoy yourself. Find yourself like enjoying like, dump, like something like this where you're actually looking forward to coming over and sitting with us today after everything you've been through. Yeah, over the last- yeah, it's just like it's a different. You know, um, we had had a like a. You know, I was just I'm thinking back. Like, so we don't we didn't bring them back till like August twenty something. Yeah, and, and then um, we kind of go through. They got like this deal where you get six seven weeks of no contact, and I'm not sure how you play basketball without contact. But it's tough. That was, that was the deal, and. Uh, and then all of a sudden we we go up and uh, like Pat probably followed it like I'm I'm the uh, the unintelligent guy that like I decided to play Virginia 18 <laughs> hours before in the game we change opponents and then we play San Francisco who's very good play okay and then and then we play Buffalo who was very good and it was their first game it was our third and third days and we struggled in the first half so then then you come back and I got ready I was about to play Maryland um, I was just looking for games I really yeah, felt anyway, like one sure system, right pause it was gonna be a problem and we had had none no no um you know no positive test and then we come back and pop one you're down for two weeks come back practice for two three days and our place was 14 days nothing with them they come in for one hour one at a time ride a bike or shoot on a gun or, you know i don't know pass out lollipops or whatever they're doing <laughs> and so no this is what happened we come back and uh, we put two days go down and lose a close game to mason keep them there over christmas these poor souls play copping get a win we're so desperate games. We went up to Iona, right. you know, play Iona on one day, and then home Morgan the next. That's uh, you know, it's unheard of. And we had the, did the breakfast and getting ready to do scout report. Right in New York, we get a call. Hey, a guy pop a positive. So here we go back on that. It goes that, and we come back and uh, we miss a bunch of league games. So I scheduled eight league games in fifteen days, which wasn't smart. We we caught a positive in that. But that that was good though. That only knocked out three of our front court guys with <laughs> Trace, and so we, we're down to seven guys. And and then um, we finally like uh, get a, a two weeks of rhythm and don't play. I, I coach a poor game at Charleston, cost us a game. Then we come back, and Northeastern hammers us the first night. I thought they were the best team in the league, and then the second night we had seven guys. We hammered them, and now I'm like, oh, you know what? We got a chance to get back in rhythm here. We got. Five, four, five games left, and then um, eight guys get it that week, and then it's like you come back, you have two days, and you get out playing the tournament, and it's just tricky, tricky. Don't have to. Hopefully, don't have to worry no, about no, that. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, honestly, like I know we're not out of the woods as a right this, but what we experience, it can. Yeah, there's no there's way. There's no shot. Just it. No, there's just, it's not even, it can be anything yeah, it's like not that. Even close. Yeah, it's not even close. They will be at home for the first time on November 13th against Monmouth. That'll be your first chance to check out Towson this season at CQ Arena. And a lot of home uh, non-conference games this year. A nice little, you know, there's like five, six, something like that. Yeah, we got, we got some non-conference home games. And, um, yeah, that'll be a big day. Volleyball has a game, then football has a game at home, and then us at night. Very so, cool. Yeah, it'll be a pretty cool game. And um, I feel like we have a, an aggressive non-conference schedule. You know, there's no non-division ones on there. There's... um. There are f- a four, I think, national TV games in a non-conference, so we get some you know, people get a chance to see us. And uh, yeah, I feel like that gets you ready for the league. You know, two years ago we had a very difficult non-conference schedule, and I thought that helped us down the stretch of the the, the conference. Ohio State and Pitt there being the highlights. Yeah, and then Vegas two That's games right. on Fox Sports One. You know, we're going to play San Francisco, and then either New Mexico or UAB. So. Yeah, tough, tough games. Uh, you know, it's good to find out about yourself um, where you're at. Although, you know, we'd love to play everyone locally if, mm-hmm. if they if they fits into their so schedule. So let's let's wrap with that. 
Um, I, look, Drew and I used to spend every morning saying, what the heck are we doing? The Battle of Baltimore, and we're going back 20 years now for this event at this point. Was that the, was O2 the last one, Patrick? Would that have been? Well, let's, I, let's see here. It's, I mean, I remember watching be... Peter Mulligan at UMBC playing the Battle of Baltimore that long ago. That's, that's how far back we got to go, a couple of decades. For what was a great event that would just move from, from campus to campus. It was O3. O3 was the last one. Yeah, I think there's some chatter about, you know, uh, getting one of these back going again, um, which I think would be great. Like, you know, I said, like, I'll say this again, we, we're, we're willing to play any of the local teams uh, home and away. I will tell you, most schools in our league would buy them. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't do that. and That's okay. But I think it's great. We have so many good programs, so many good coaches and players here. It makes sense to play as many of them as it would be good for local. It would be good to inspire local basketball fans. It would be good to say, "Hey, you can come out and see everybody all at once, the same location, the same day, one ticket price." It would be <laughs> yeah. beneficial to all programs. And I don't know like if that. it's going to be that or some type of a series. Does this talk about um, like a like a group of five thing? Yeah, or yeah, a big I, five I thing. Said, like obviously, I'd, you know, I, I think there's so many good teams and coaches. Uh, we we would love to do it. Saves it saves on the travel. Um, it's good for the local. But I will tell you that every school has different philosophy or scheduling needs. And what I have learned is because we have tried to get this off the ground a couple of times. It's uh, you can't. I'm not going to spend time. Either people can do it, want to do it. Right, you got to worry about your own things. I get that. It's... Yeah, I, I I think that you know it depends on how ambitious you want to get. I'm sure there's some schools that don't want to give up three or four dates to, to play local teams, whether that's good or not. I, I, w- I would prefer to see a lot of local hoops. But a triple header at one site, one Saturday in, in December or something like that, mm. where you take Morgan Coppin, UMBC, Towson, Loyola, pick your sixth. You know, you can, Navy, you can, you Mount St. Mary's. Navy, right. Mount St. Mary's, or just somebody somebody regional. Well, what if we do this? Why, why don't we do this? Why don't, like, we could play, you know, a great program like UMBC at our place one year and the next year there. And then instead of playing downtown, Maryland plays in the nightcap against somebody, uh, whoever they want. I'd, I'd be very much in favor bring of that. Them the ta- bring the Terps to Towson. Didn't, didn't that happen a couple years ago? Wasn't there a Downtown we did it. Yeah, it just, Towson it, Morgan, it right? If you brought the Terps up and, and you know, um, not to play us in our place, I get that. That doesn't, that doesn't work where they're at. But maybe they played the nightcap against someone and – you rotate the thing around. That would be great. I'm very much in favor. Very much in favor. We're going to try to get Kevin Brodus to agree to it next. That's that's the that's the next <laughs> step in the, the process. Kevin's the best. You don't have to worry about that. I, we best. like Kevin a lot. Great dude. Uh, uh, Coach, thank you for coming in this morning. Um, it has been too long, and let's not make it be this long again before this happens once more. Get out and see the Tigers. Obviously, as I mentioned, the first home game is November 13th against Monmouth. Pat Scary, thank you so much for stopping by and spending some time with yeah, us. Yeah, appreciate you having us, and I'm sure people will be excited to get back and see all the good local teams out there no question go see terry nolan man i love that kid thank you pat appreciate you he's pat scary from towson here on our college basketball preview show really appreciate him stopping by to hang out with us for a couple of minutes we're going to grab a break get kevin brodus and morgan in here to uh, say hello to us next today's show also brought to you by oh this one's brought to you by the stan the fan variety hour stan and ross grimsler are going to be chatting with former orioles manager dave trembley this monday Evening at 6 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. You can see it the next day, pressboxonline.com slash video for the next Stand the Fan show. Kevin Brodus and Morgan next on the hot seat. It is the College Basketball Preview Show. 
Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. The next Ties Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressboxSports or PressboxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year, DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. And today it's our very special college basketball preview show. Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter, is with us. Of course, you uh, read him in the Washington Post as well. Follow him on Twitter for all of that. Appreciate him stopping by today and hanging out with us. Patrick, we've been uh, moving along. We haven't really had a chance to like stop and reset it all. We'll, we'll do that. we got a segment here coming up, and we'll do a little bit of that a little bit later on this hour today's show also brought to you by glory days grill glory days grills oktoberfest menu is exceptional the chicken schnitzel the prussian pretzel rolls the slam dunk pretzels 
the Brewer's Sausage Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Apple Cobbler. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Go to glorydaysgrill.com in order to get your order in. Next on the hot seat as we continue our college basketball preview, it's good to see Coach Kevin Brodus from Morgan State who has stopped by to hang out with us. Coach, thank you so much for coming over here. I know it's uh, it, when it rains a little bit in this area, people like lose their minds and can't handle the drive any longer, but appreciate you making your way through just a, a torrential downpour that I'm sure that you had to wander through this morning. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate being here, but let me make sure I'm – so you just said something that threw me off. Okay. Welcome to the hot seat. Oh, yeah, we got a lot of really tough questions for you. No, I mean, I'm on re- the hot seat. Yeah, you're on the you hot know, seat you know, now. When the coaches don't want to be on the hot oh, seat. God. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I, like, I so think you said that, I think, like, I think you're all right. Co- if someone you, hadn't informed me. I'm on the hot seat already. <laughs> Coach, if I could have you slide a little bit closer to the microphone. Wow, um, okay. Uh, I promise you. I think it's a, get, hot, it's a hot mic. Yeah, it is a hot mic. And given <laughs> given the expectations for your program, I don't think you have to worry too much about uh, the hot seat right now over at Morgan. Let me just because we were just talking about it a second ago with Pat. Can can I throw this out to you? Can we get the Battle of Baltimore back in some way? Is there some? This was one of my absolute favorite things as a kid. It, it, we got to go back, as Patrick mentioned. The last one was 03. I loved going over and watching everybody play at the same time. Is there any way we can so make this happen? Let me again? ask you this. What is what consists of the Battle of Baltimore? Give me So at in, the time me on at that. the time the way that it worked is the the, the Towson UMBC Loyola and it would alternate between Morgan and Coppin just because you you know you couldn't have a scenario where you guys I guess you could change that now and just play a non-conference game, right? Like that would be possible, but they wanted to protect Morgan Coppin games so they alternated years who was playing in it Morgan or Coppin. And they would play a one-day four-team tournament, or two days, sorry, two, two days. days. They would play semifinals, then a final and a third-place game. They would play them all at the same campus, and they would alternate campuses every year. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that in order to bring it back. There could be other ways to go about doing it, making a one-day showcase, something like that. But the idea being getting everybody together at the same place so that local basketball fans can go check everyone out at the same time. Yeah, I like that concept. You know, a lot of things been thrown out there about us just playing Towson or just playing Loyola or just playing UMBC. You know, I, I don't know what advantages there are to that, but if it's a battle of Baltimore and it, it rotates every year, you know, take us out of playing Coppin, you know, I I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, You know, everyone has their, you know, why they would do it or why they wouldn't, but on the surface, it sounds like a good idea. I, it was it was awesome. It okay. was awesome, and the programs at the time weren't even necessarily as good as the programs are now. Right. And it was still like the, every the building would be packed. Yeah, see, the only problem I have, I don't like, and, and I guess you got to get past sometimes your friendships. You know, like Tavares Hardy and I mm-hmm. work together, Georgetown. We're good friends. Uh, Pat and I are good friends. We go back a long time, and. You know, Coppin and Morgan, that's something totally separate. Yep. But, you know, I mean, I'm not opposed. I, I let the ADs and those guys, work, the, the geniuses work it out. <laughs> and if they say we got to play in that tournament, we'll be there. All right, listen to me, Baltimore athletic directors, please. Pl- I give it, honestly, I just given up on this ever being a thing again. And then Pat brought it up a second ago. I said, oh, I am happy yeah, to Pat jump. Ca- he's called me offline about it. And I told him, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Just make it fair for everyone. 
you know, if they're going to play it every year at a different venue, I, that that's not bad. I loved it. It was it was a very it was frankly it was the way that I saw as a kid. I hadn't been to every you know I hadn't right. been to the, the Coppin Center at that point in my life. It was a chance to get over and see it, right? Yeah. Like it's absolutely. I've been to Hill Fieldhouse so many times. I I, I right. think I actually still have a locker there somewhere. I think oh, that's okay. the case. Yeah, Jimmy Passos even brought it up to me as well about um, Battle of Baltimore. So yes. Let the geniuses, let the, the powers, the presidents, the ADs, let them work it out. And if they tell us we got to play it, we'll be there to play it. Well, for now, the, the best way to prove that you're the best team in Baltimore is to go win a bunch of games in general. And Well, uh, you know, truth, that's what I was getting ready to get at. You know, I'm not worried about being the best team in Baltimore. I'm worried about being the best team in the MEAC. And uh, that's that's what we're shooting for. Now, you know, you play the teams on your, on your schedule. You want to win them all, but – you know, being the best of Baltimore means nothing to me. Like every when that when I first came to Morgan, they was talking about you know Morgan Cop and you know the rivalry. Yep. And I questioned, you know, I've been in rivalries, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess it is a pretty, you know, big thing a rivalry with teams. You know, want to beat up on each other, but at the end of the day, you know, we beaten Coppin how many times last year? Didn't get us no further than what we wanted to be, what we really wanted to be. And we, we played well against them last year. So, But our, our focus is winning the, the MEAC championship. You almost did it last year, got, yeah. within, got within a game of doing so. Um, how much does that provide a bit of a springboard, especially for the number of guys that you, that you do have back, including Detorian Ware? Well, it, you know, we talk about it from time to time. We don't harp on it because mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. It's not just a one game thing. We we're trying to build up for that journey right now. And yes, we have, you know, four of our five starters back and Detorian Ware and some really good uh new players. And long as we stay healthy, we we think we have a chance to to be up there at the top to to win it all. But we gotta get healthy. We got a couple guys, you know, out nothing serious, so to speak, right now. It's just guys, you know, getting Used to the grind because it's a grind right now. We we're putting in the time and the you know the practice time and we're we're pushing our guys. So it seems like you know, we mentioned the Torian Ware and obviously what an incredible player he is. But it seems like your backcourt depth is the thing that jumps off the page at me. You you mentioned you bring in a couple of transfers. Um, it it seems like you really if everybody stays healthy that should be a strength for this team as the season goes on. Well, you know everyone talks about Seven Woods. He's a very good talent. He's a really really good player. The guy that they miss is Keith McGee. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's special. New Mexico, right? Yes, yes, he's special. He he has a knack for putting the ball in the hole, and he can really defend. He's a two-way player. So we like our depth. We bring back uh, Isaiah Burke, who has been really, really good so far. And then you have your main stage. You got your two starters back. You have Sherwin Devonish Prince, and you have Trevor Moore. I mean, they're as good as anybody in the league, and they're playing really well right now. Another guy back who I know I've told you before is one of my favorite players in the area is Malik Miller, a uh, guy that is just uh, has about as good a motor as you're going to find, especially on a guy his size. Yeah. Uh, just how how far along has he come just in your few years at Morgan State, and and what sort of role do you see him filling this year? Is I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of the same that we, we've seen the last couple. You know, Malik is our Mister Everything. He's our utility guy. He he's asked to guard the best player. He's asked to you know, be the best rebounder on our team. He's asked to score points. He's asked to do everything. Yesterday we we put him in the backcourt, which we never do, and just to see. Um, he has grown. He has grown from a guy that I thought couldn't dribble. 
now he's getting he's he's getting a lot better. You know, he's getting a lot better in his decision making. He's a really good piece for us. He's you know he's preseason first team all league. You know him and Detorian, and then you got you you just have a lot of good basketball players that uh, that right now is learning to play together, and that's the big thing. Once we learn to play together, which we have. I think we have a chance to be pretty good. And the thing we're focusing on this year, because last year we could score with anybody, we're learning to defend better. That's our big focus right now is defense, trying to defend a lot better than we did last year. Kevin Brodus from Morgan State is with us here on the College Basketball Preview Show. Is that the difference, do you think, Coach, in in this team being a championship-caliber team? Defense won championships, and we're emphasizing it a lot more this year than we did last year. We didn't know we had those type scores mm-hmm. last year, and now we know. So now we got to emphasize defense. Uh, we caught some people last year because of our scoring. They didn't think, you know, people look at the MEAC, uh, it's like a, a league below everyone else. No, it's, some of these teams in the MEAC are really, really good. I mean, Norfolk was really, I mean, really scary good last year, and they won a, t- a game in the tournament, and it showed. You know, we got some good teams. Coppin is good. Coppin had some really good talent last year. You know, I don't know as much about their team this year, but last year they were really good. One to five, they were good. They was as talented as anybody in the in the league. Um, Central had a down year, but I expect them to be back being pretty good. And Howard took a year off after about six games. I think they'll be decent. So, you know, I think this league is really, really good and it's growing just it remains to be seen what happens with the league going mm-hmm. forward. I was just going to say, down to eight teams this year in the league now that uh, North Carolina A&T is off to the Big South and the two Florida schools, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman, uh, to the SWAC. I got to imagine that in addition to some stability questions there, there's also the scheduling issue where suddenly you've only got 14 league games. How much of a, a challenge are both of those things for you? I, I don't know how much a challenge. It's the same challenge. You, you're trying to win every game you play. And every every team in your league is not a north south. It's all it's it's an eighteen league, and we're trying to beat every team in the league. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear so many rumors about other teams leaving. You know, I cannot sit back and focus on that. That's not my focus. My focus is beating the teams that still left in the league and the teams that we're playing out of conference. So we're gearing up to go on the west coast. We're gearing up to go play um, in Phoenix, in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. I mean, we're going to take the tour, you know, the grand tour around the country. And we're not going to just to collect a check. We're mm. going to win, you know. Uh, you mentioned the trip to Phoenix and the Chris Paul event, mm-hmm. uh, two games there. Also, the, the game against Howard being moved to Cleveland um, for, the, uh, for the All-Star weekend. Uh, just how meaningful is that for you guys to have those opportunities and those spotlights? It's meaningful, and it's, it helps the brand. It helps the university to get its brand out there. I wasn't a big fan of the one in the All-Star because of the distractions. I, I, I'm trying to let <laughs> our kids know we're not going to the All-Star game just to show up and play a game. We're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be some tight, you know, tight security on our guys from us. And I, and I had a thought the other night. I was thinking about Big Coach all the years at Georgetown. I asked my AD, can we stay like 40 miles? <laughs> You're staying in Pittsburgh, huh? Yeah, right. and uh, we'll show up for the game. And, you know, like I told him, you know, we go. We go the day before. We practice. We go to sleep. We play the game. If we come out, you know, well, we may enjoy some of the festivities, but not a lot because 
Then we come back home on Monday and play Norfolk, defend yeah. the champion, yeah. Norfolk. So, you know, I'm after thinking about it and looking at it, I don't know how good an idea is. It sounds great, sounds good, and everyone wants to be in that position. But once you're in that position, you're looking at all the negatives towards it. So, yeah, I, I just hope we go out and make a good showing and, you know, win the game and come back home and beat Norfolk. Is it more significant? It feels like it's it's representing something beyond Morgan State. That it, Is it more significant in that way that, like, even though as you bring up, like, hey, it's not a distraction that we necessarily need, it's important that we go be a part of that because we're doing something that's bigger than just Morgan State basketball here. Yes, it is. But the most important thing for us is to go and win. <laughs> not, yeah, we, uh, we, my job is, yeah. is predicated on wins and losses, not yeah. going to have a good time. But uh, our kids, I, I got to get in their mind that this is an opportunity to showcase your talents in front of everybody, but you got to showcase your talents right. And you got to win, and you got to do it the right way. I was going to say, if I closed my eyes and just listened to that response, I would swear I was listening to Big John. Yeah, so I oh, want to yeah. give you the, the props oh, yeah. for that. So I was with his son last night at the Wizards game, and you know, just a lot of memories. When you see people, you don't have to talk about it. You see him, and you just think about you know your times. And you know, I tell this one story about Big Coach. You know, as big and the the sight that you see in force, but I saw I saw him cry one time mm. in all my years working at Georgetown, and it was 2007. We we lost in the Final Four, and the next morning, we were boarding up to to go back in Atlanta. And I saw him on the side of the building as we were leaving. He was standing on the side of the building. And you know how – and it wasn't cold. So he, I know he's looking down on me and said, shut up. But I saw, <laughs> that, I saw that one tear come down his eye, you know, because he just cared so much for us in the program itself. And, you know, I, I just – in my head a lot, I, I say, you know, as the sayings were having, people have on their bands, what would Jesus do? I always say to myself, what would Big Coach do? What has it meant to you to see the way the entire sport has has responded and, and told his story, right? Like every team that got to the NCAA tournament got his book last year, right? Yeah. Like how important has that been to you for the entire sport? Obviously, you prefer him to still be here for that. Absolutely. But for, for his story to be told the way that it has, almost above and beyond either other even other legendary coaches yeah. that have passed away. It, it means a lot. I mean, his story, what you guys got out the book was just a quarter of it, not even a quarter of his story. And, you know, a lot of things can't be said, won't be said, you know, it's with the inner circles of it is special, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was a beautiful thing just to see how they, you know, carried on and still carrying on his legacy and what he stood for and what he was about when it came to not just black student athletes, student athletes in general. You know, he was he knew the grind because he once was a student athlete and he knows what it is like to be a student athlete and a coach at the same time. So. It's, impre- it's, in, it's incredible. Speaking hey. of, I just thought about something. I think I'm wearing a shirt. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. That's a good look. That's yeah, a good look. So. Um, what's it meant for, uh, you know, I, I go back to the spring. Uh, Troy won the dunk contest, right? And then he goes and he makes an impression, obviously, over the summer and is, is getting an opportunity right now with the Bulls. What has that meant, you know, for a program like Morgan to have someone getting such national attention and and for people to look and say, wait a second, can you can you can go to Morgan and you can do that? Like, what has that meant for the it, program? It means a lot because what it does is tell others you can come here and resurrect your, your career because 
you know, he started out out of high school, went to UNLV, then went to Florida Gulf Coast, and his stops wasn't as pleasant as he had when he came to Morgan. And it shows you can go to any school. You can go any small school and be seen. I mean, you know, it's not the first time it's happened at Morgan either. I mean, one of the – I think he's a Hall of Famer, Marvin Webster, mm-hmm. the human eraser, mm-hmm. went to Morgan and players that played for Coach Bozeman, had opportunities to play in the NBA. It's it's not where you go, it's what you do when you go there. And Troy, he maximized his time here at Morgan. And we got some other guys coming through the program right now that I can foresee getting a shot to play in the next level. Now, you know, like when the Wizards practice at, at Morgan a couple weeks ago, Bradley Bill said, you know, this is not, you know, you, you want to play in the NBA, but it's not as easy as you think. Sure. You got to play against a guy like me every day. And he told them, and he was serious. It was just us in the locker room. You can't play with me. And he has that mindset, killer mindset, as anybody gets in front of him, he's going to destroy you. Montrez Harrell, same thing. He, he relates to our guys. These guys, you know, you have to have a special mindset and a special skill set to play at the next level. It, it, they don't just give away money. It's not free. <laughs> so they're not going to, they're going to do their homework. And I always tell these guys, do everything right on and off the court. It gives yourself a better chance. Uh, you mentioned seventh woods a little bit earlier. And I, I just want to relate uh, a story you told over the summer while I was doing the blue ribbon interview. You said I, you were recruiting him. You've known him for a long time back yes. to your Georgetown days. I knew the day that he went back, went to late night at Roy's. He was not, he was going to Carolina, but how, how cool is it to have this reunion, you know, so many years later and, and seeing a relationship that you had built pay off like that at this point, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. You know, the, the interesting part is when you get a kid like Seven Woods, you, you, in the back of your mind, you're always saying, okay, is he going to be a jerk? Is he going to be an asshole? Is he going to be this? Is he going to be that? You know, he won a national championship. He played for Roy Williams, played at North Carolina, the best of the best, blue blood. Um, he was a phenom growing up. You, you, you get worried. You're happy to have him, but you're worried. Is he going to come in and be disruptive? He going not work hard. It's been totally opposite. The kid is a special kid. Humble, works hard. He's a little banged up right now. Um, he's getting his confidence back. I mean, he shows signs some days like, wow, we really have this guy. And, you know, I think he's going to be a great addition for him, for us once he gets healthy. And it's just special to have him and his family because I remember Lewis and Monica both – you know, when we recruited and they remembered everything about the recruitment from the visit to the people they met, some of the things I totally forgot. And those are the special relationships you like to build on when you're, you know, recruiting a kid. And I always say, I tell our guys, when I was a recruiter, you know, you never burn a relate, you never burn a, a bridge because you never know if you may come across this person again. And we happened to come across seven. It was an easy choice for him, he said to come to Morgan because I was here. So mm. we're happy to have him. Um, I, I do remember that late. He he visited Georgetown. I can't remember if he visited. With not Oh, no. P.J. Dozer was after him. I can, he, re, he came on a visit with someone else, and I just remember, you know, we thought we had a great shot because we had just got L.J. Peak a few years before. And when I heard he, he, he had visited Carolina first, then he went to Georgetown in South Carolina. 
when I heard he was going to go back to late night at Roy, I said, Coach, no chance we get Yeah, <laughs> No chance. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. And that's you're it. wearing sky blue, and it's, just, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all coming back. He's in the right spot now, though. He yeah, up, yeah, yeah. He's in the right spot. The right he knows spot it, now. too. And, you know, it's funny to hear these kids talk. I wish they could have a platform where they could just talk out. And maybe if we win it, they will. I wish I'd have came here first. Mm. A lot of those kids, Keith McGee and those guys, have said that Trevor Moore, a lot of them have said the experience that they're getting, you know. Because I always say, no matter where you go, the basketball you're going to play with is going to be round. It's right. going to be orange. Um, the court's going to be 94 feet. You're going to have same lines. The rim's going to be 10 feet. I mean, why not us? You know, and I get it. I, I, I'm no fool. I get why people go where they go. You know, you got the television. You got you got all kind of variables, and I'm not knocking them, but, hey, it is what it is. It's college basketball. You got an opportunity to do some really special things, obviously, this season yes. at Morgan State. Uh, first chance to see Morgan will be Tuesday the 9th as they take on St. Mary's College of Maryland and a couple of home games to start the season. Then, as uh, Coach mentioned out on that, you know, world tour after that point. Like, that's that's the way it's going to go. Kevin Brodus, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us this morning. Thanks for having me. We look forward to being out there over at Hillfield House this season to come say hello to you, all right? Appreciate it. Please come out. You're more than welcome. He's Kevin Brodus from Morgan State. We got one more to go this morning, but we're going to pause for a second before that and just sort of recap everything because we haven't had a chance to catch our breath. So we'll come back in and we'll just sort of pause and recap everything we talked about so far. A reminder that Project Game Day is off this week because the Ravens are on by, but we will be back the following Sunday, myself and the NFL Chicks, Rita Hubbard, for the uh, Baltimore-Minnesota game. I'll be with you at halftime. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Post game there as well as PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for Project Game Day, which is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. It's the College Basketball Preview Show. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Roll, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck... I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and break suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Well, today, yes, because, you know, coaches coming in had to wear <laughs> pants. It's the college basketball preview show uh, on Glenn Clark Radio. We do this, um, we actually do this two times a year because we do a lacrosse preview show as well. Uh, Patrick Stevens comes and joins us in studio, but as always, Patrick will be joining us once a week as uh, college basketball season gets underway. Starting next week, we say, or the following. It week? might be the following, following week. week. Um, I because I got I got to talk to you about date and and how we're going to make it work. But one of the next two weeks will be when we start mm-hmm. it. And Patrick will be joining us every week, and we'll we'll bring back the Patrick Stevens game that you guys love, where he can guess uh, uh, which teams certain baseball players played for. We'll be doing all that here in a couple weeks. Patrick, as we have a second here to catch our breath, first of all, we're talking about college basketball this morning. A lot of college basketball content. I don't even know if you guys can see that, but that's a new print issue of PressBox. And, 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 and frankly, that gets to the best team in the area. Well, by far, right? By far, right there on the cover, of course, is the Maryland women. I, 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 when this was pitched to, to me for a cover story this year, and I was told, you know, it's Brenda's 20th season, I'm like, what? Brent, what? Brent. Brenda was hired the day after Maryland won the men's basketball championship. That's right. That's right. I remember Debbie beaming. Debbie Yow, the athletic director at Maryland at the time, beaming in the Georgia Dome uh, an hour and a half or so before tip. Just absolutely giddy. And I said, man. Like, what'd you get the script? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and she, and I, I'm like, I said, this must be a great day for you, you know, Maryland playing on the, on the, on the, in the national title game. And at that time, I was, I was a student at Maryland. I was at the Diamondback. And uh, she goes, well, actually, we've made our ba- women's basketball hire. I said, oh, it's like yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we did really well. Yeah, well, that and then that it turned proved, out, and yes. then it turned out to be even better than anybody right. could have possibly dreamed. An understatement when it turns out doing really well. Brenda Freeze, as she gets ready for her 20th season, she is on the cover of this month's press box. Go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Great story from Mike Ashley. 
who's of course been around the University of Maryland for a very long time, uh, wrote a really nice story about Brenda Free sort of looking back on 20 years, but also looking ahead, obviously, as they are loaded once again this season with a great chance to try to go uh, break through and, and who knows, maybe win a second national championship for Brenda Freeze. All right, um, we separate Maryland because Patrick and I are going to talk a lot about Maryland as the season goes on. So that's people ask, well, you haven't really said anything. That's typically the way that we do this. We separate Maryland on this day because we're, Maryland's going to get plenty of coverage as the year goes on. This day is about sort of recognizing the other programs in the area that don't get as much coverage, and we want to show them love, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll actually be the ones talking about them as the year goes on. Um, Patrick, we've, we haven't had a chance to, let's just thumbnail the last couple of coaches that we've had in Mount St. Mary's, Towson, Morgan. Did we um, even thumbnail UMBC? I oh, we never we even did. got the thumbnail I UMBC. I don't even think Jeez, we did that. my so word. All we, right. It was, it was a blur there. With so they're going to have to really be thumbnails. They really are going to need to be thumbnails. We've got about 10 minutes or so to, to, right. to fly through these. So, you know, I think, I think UMBC, it, it uh, you know, I think the most interesting thing that we learned is is just how limited they're going to be in the front court with the two season-ending yep. injuries, uh, and so it's going. And to those be, were two significant. Like one of them was from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was basically their two foremen essentially. Yep. So you know, I think if you're UMBC now, you're you're looking at a, at a lot of four guard sets. We'll see Darnell Rogers and L. J. Owens and Keandre uh, Kennedy and 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 both of the transfers as well. Um, Ray, Ray Salnave um, from Paul and previously Monmouth and Hakeem Bird from Marist, those guys are all going to play a lot, and so you know I think I think you ha- you obviously have to ask the question once they get into league play, you know, how well are they going to hold up against teams that have credible front courts like a Vermont or somebody like that? But at the same time, those teams have to defend UMBC too. So I think we can already guess that can they shoot well from the outside is going to be one of the prevailing storylines for how this team unfolds over the course of the season. And obviously, you know, how do they build in the coming years mm-hmm. off of the foundation that Ryan Odom left them? I mean, you want to talk about the, the old cliche of leaving something better than you found it. I mean, Ryan Odom hit that out of the ballpark at UMBC. And so now the question is, can UMBC continue to build uh, in the America East? Uh, and frankly, you know, I think right now you would consider them one of the three or four best programs in that in that league year in and year out, along with Vermont and and uh, Vermont and, and Stony Brook for sure. And Hartford obviously made the tournament last year, although they're not long for the America East moving down to Division Three here in a couple yep. of years. So, so next, let's go to Mount St. Mary's. Let's go to Mount St. Mary's, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think Dan Engelstadt pretty much hit it on the head when he was talking about building a program, getting old. You know, trying to get that continuity. There's so many advantages up there in that league. You look at the schools in the NEC. Most of them are are New York in New York, uh, in the New York area, and there's maybe not as much of a, a fan base and a, a local support as as Mount St. Mary's gets up in Emmitsburg. And I don't know how many people have actually been up to Emmitsburg oh, for a game, but it's fabulous. Yep. It it is a great environment. Uh, if you get the chance to go up there for a, a Thursday or a Saturday night conference game, and it's a really high-end game if Bryant's in town or if Wagner's in town. It, it's something you really should do, even though it is about an hour up the road. And, uh, you know, they, they have a veteran front court that's really going to do a lot for them this season. But at the same time, I think Jalen Benjamin is a, is a real impact transfer uh, and has a chance to step right in where Damian Chonkui was and they've got as good a chance as anybody, I think, of, of getting to the NCAA tournament out of the NEC. The interesting thing in that league is basically, I think it's been eight or nine years in a row now that the winner of that um, league has ended up in the play-in game. In fact, 
as a as an irony, I think I'd have to look this up, but I think the last team that didn't have to play in a playing game was Jim Ferry's LI, last LIU team huh, that, played, that? that played Michigan State uh, out in, I think, Columbus it was that year. That was the year uh, Columbus and Pittsburgh had sites. I saw both of those, both them and Loyola mm-hmm. the night before, or you know, Loyola was in Pittsburgh. So anyway, um, but, you know, I think Mount St. Mary's in great shape as a program moving forward, and they finally got the continuity. Uh, and, you know, I probably should ask a little bit, uh, are they going to actually try to run a little bit? A little bit more because mm. that's something they have not done and not shown much interest in doing. Even though that is uh, Dan Engelstadt's roots, when sure. you go back and look at what he did as a, as a D three coach. All right, let's go on to Towson. Well, you know, Pat Scary will always make us laugh. Yep. you know, like he he had he had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good lines. I think the best one was off air where I where yeah. I said to him, you know, I was I hadn't seen him since I hadn't seen him since the CA tournament two a year and a half ago almost two years ago. And I said, man, I only got to one college basketball game in person last season. He goes, that's okay. We didn't get to that many more. That's so funny. You know, so funny. They, they did get to eight. They get to get to play 18, but it was so disjointed. Uh, if they're, they're one of those teams that you just kind of like, just throw it out. Like you said, just, yep. just throw it out. There's not a lot to work with there um, from last season. It's just not, not a great experience for anybody through no one through, through the fault of no one. So, you know, they're going to be dependent on those four transfers. Rizzuto, Terry Nolan, Jr., the, the local kid coming yep. back home. Uh, Cam Holden from ten, Tennessee Martin. Chase Parr uh, from GW. Those four guys throw in Nick, Nick Timberlake and, and uh, Jason Gibson and Jawan Gray and Charles Thompson. That's a pretty good – that's a pretty good – Oh, well, we might be might be connecting with uh, Juan Dixon right now. Let's see if we can't uh, see see if he's there. That's somebody related. To, yes, I'm sure that's the case. Yeah, go ahead and connect and we'll see if Juan Dixon's there in one second. Go ahead and finish that thought, Patrick. Yeah. So, so they've got you know they've got a good rotation there. I think if Towson can stay healthy and with the CAA as wide open as it is, I mean, I think you could probably say Delaware's probably the favorite in that league. But I'm not sure there's anybody that's really going to be that bad. I think that that league, which lost half of its conference games to the sure. pandemic last year, I think that's that's a, a big mystery uh, mystery league. And uh, and I, I think Towson has as good a chance as anybody is making things interesting. All right, we'll talk about the MEAC here in one second because we're going to wrap up today's festivities on the college basketball preview show by welcoming in the head coach of the Coppin State Eagles. He is Coach Juan Dixon, and he joins us now. Juan, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's good to see you again. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. I appreciate you guys. Good seeing you guys also. It's great to see you, and I know you guys had uh, a lot of excitement. It's so weird, right, talking about last season because it was so bizarre, the circumstances. Yeah, but, like, the basketball, was was there was a lot of good that happened at Coppin, right? It's... Absolutely. I mean, first of all, uh, just having seniors like Dwan Clayton, Anthony Tart, who we leaned on for leaderships, their leadership abilities on and off the floor. And unfortunately, we didn't have uh, the fans in the building, but, you know, I really wish that our fans got an opportunity to watch Anthony Tark, watch Dwan Clayton his last year, Kobe Thomas. Uh, and we was able to uh, get a share of the North, Northern Division uh, championship. Going into this season, we add some pieces to the puzzle that we felt like we needed to address. And that was shooting. Uh, we added more scoring defensive has been really good over the years, but we struggled putting the ball in the basket at times. So we addressed it with shooting. Now we got to get these guys competing at a very high level. 
The thing that stands out when I when I look at Coppin State's Ken Palm profile, number one in tempo last season. And from from talking to your assistant coach Don Oslander over the summer, it sounds as if you guys actually want to go even faster this year. Is that yeah. is that a fair yeah, assessment? It is, man. We want to play super fast, but most importantly, guys, we want to get stops on the defensive end. You know, we we hang our hat on how we execute our principles defensively how we rebound. And once we rebound, we want to go, you know, we give our guys a ton of freedom on the offensive end. Uh, we want those guys to play off the instincts. Uh, so whether that's getting downhill, making a play out week, shooting first side threes, if they think it's a good shot, we think it's a great shot. Hmm. That's our approach and our motto as a staff. You mentioned shooting and, you know, that was something that stood out among all those additions that you guys were able to go collect. Maybe most of all, Jesse Zarzuela was a 49.3% shooter overall and 54.1% from three uh, in the junior college ranks last year. Alex Rojas, a couple years back, was a 42.5% three-point shooter. And I know Mike Hood has a good history of outside shooting as well, and you add that to a guy like a Kyle Kardashian. Uh How much better do you think that issue is going to be for you guys this season, in particular with adding a guy like... I don't like- think it's going to be an issue. Got- I don't think it's going to be an issue. You know, last year... You know, we had one shooter, you know, mm-hmm. they, everyone focused on Kyle Kardashian. Now we added Mike Hood. We added Jesse's Oswala. We added Alex Rojas. We added uh, Nate, Nate Stokes. And we could go on down the line, like our three fives, guys, we call them our three mm-hmm. fives. They can really shoot the ball to our six, seven, six, eight guys. So we have a number of guys that we know can put the ball at the basket that we're going to make open catch and shoot threes at a hot clip. Now it's about getting our guys to defend and execute our principles at a high level, competing on a defense in every possession, and then complete completing the that possession by rebounding the basketball. So um, I think scoring is not going to be an issue for us this year. We're going to play fast. We're going to play free. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. Now can we get stops when we need them? He is Juan Dixon, Coppin State basketball coach. He's with us here on our college basketball preview show. Uh, Coach, you know, you mentioned Anthony Tark, obviously, what a player he was, and he's not the only Tark, and, and we saw a lot in Enda a season ago and, and what he had to yeah. offer. Um, do you feel as though he's ready to maybe step up a little bit and be a bit of an alpha for this team this season? Yeah, yeah. we need him to be. We need him to be, and we bag him every day. You know, Nenda, like, your presence needs to be felt and practiced every day, not just, you know, on offense, end, but defensively, your leadership qualities – being more vocal, like we need you to step up and be the superstar that you are because, guys, he can be a superstar. And I'm talking about throughout college basketball because his ability to make plays for his teammates, to get downhill, make plays at the basket, uh, to shoot the three ball, and then he can guard multiple positions. I mean, he's 6'3", 6'4", and he's yoke, he's 210, and he's strong from head to toe. So uh, we're excited about Nenda's future. Uh, we were very fortunate to have Nenda. Believe it or not, guys, we was his only scholarship offer. Wow. So when we turned on the film and we got opportunity to watch him, we saw that the kid could be special. And we got a commitment from Nenda first. So I don't want people to think, oh, we only recruited Nenda because of Anthony. No, we <laughs> saw something special in Nenda Tart. And then it didn't hurt that little brother committed, <laughs> and it gave us an opportunity to land Anthony. But uh, having those two on the floor last year, it was awesome to watch. You know, I can only imagine playing with my big brother, Phil, uh, because Anthony stayed in Tenenda, constantly yelled at him, communicated with him about playing with more passion, more intensity on the defensive end and being confident offensively. 
Um, so we're looking forward to Nanda taking a huge step in that leadership role. Yeah, I think Jermaine told me he's happy he never had to play with you over the years, by the way. I think I heard that from yeah, him. So. Yeah, I, I probably would have been in Jermaine <laughs> like, like A.T. was into, into Nanda. <laughs> so uh, you don't exactly start off slow this year. Um, uh-huh. Back-to-backs in Chicago, a day off, back-to-backs, Ryder and UConn, and off it goes from there. I think it's 17 games in the first 51 days of the season. Uh, how, how much of a challenge do you think that's going to be? And, and just, to, you know, who gets credit for this non-conference schedule? Uh, Coach Charles Agamago. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, we have to do our part here at Coppin State, and, you know, we have to go play some of these guarantee games, which we're okay with. I'm okay with it. You know, I love – you know, putting our team out there, playing against the best teams in the country, getting the field because the end goal is to play the NCAA tournament. And if we can go through that gauntlet early in the season and then the second, the second third of our season, we can have, you know, some get some confidence and begin to play well in conference season. And then the last third is the tournament. Like, there's only one team from our conference going to the NCAA tournament. So if we can take these 17 games, of course we want to win a lot of them. But if we can learn from them and get better and turn on the film like, guys, we need to focus on these details and our guys can apply it next game, then we're winning, all right? But when it comes to the conference season, like, we really need to lock in, all right, and understand that we have to win games. This is a big, huge season for all of us. And uh, the goal is to hang a banner. And I think if with the offensive firepower we have, if we can guard at a high level, I think we have a chance to do it, just like any other MEX school. Juan, Juan, you bring that up. The goal is to hang a banner, right? Like, we're, we're now we're, we're five years in, right? Um, and, yeah. and, and we know what you were walking into when you arrived at Coppin. How pleased have you been with the overall trajectory? And I know the pandemic, you know, God knows the, the, some of the challenges we might not even know about that you need to go through. Right, but but right. where the program is from when you arrived, do you feel like this is about where I thought we could be on the cusp Oh, yes. ready to do something. Funny, man. I talked to my good friend after we lost him in my first season in the MEAC tournament, Lavelle Moe. He said, Coach, bro, the boys play hard. Y'all doing some great things offensively and defensively. By year five, you're going to have this thing going on. And he's been a winner for a reason because he hit hit it right on the, on the nail. Hit the nail on the head when it came to, as, as a staff, we feel comfortable where we are. Now, we got to get our guys competing at a high level, but we're extremely comfortable where our program is today. Uh, we're excited about our program. We've, show, we've shown a lot of growth over the years, and uh, we're just going to keep grinding. It's been a grind. It's not been easy, but it's been a very fun ride, and I look forward to us continuing to grow, continuing to get better as a staff, and continue to enhance our program here at Coppin State University. Brought up Jesse Zarzuela a little bit earlier, but from from what I gather, he, he might be one of the hidden gems uh, out of yes. anybody, anybody coming in in the area and in the MEAC as well. T- tell, us, tell us a little bit about him and, and how big of a role you think he's going to have for you. Guys, I'm so excited about this kid. I mean, I love Dewan Clayton. He's five years here at Coppin State, and I, and I never thought we could land another point guard like Dewan Clayton. This guy is a prolific scorer. He can shoot it from 25, 30. Mm. He got the thing on the rope. It's on a string. He can finish at the basket. He can pass. 
He's not a smart guard. He's literally 6'3", strong, um, extremely competitive. Uh, the only thing with Jesse, because he has not played a lot of basketball over his lifetime, is learning how to play the game on both ends of the floor. And he's learning. He's a gym rat. I mean, we got to kick him out of here. He's here. Last night, we had some stuff going on for the guys. He put his sweats on. He put his sneakers on, grabbed two basketballs, and he shot for two hours. I mean, guys, the kid is a hidden gem from Houston, Texas. And we're so fortunate to have Jesse Zosweiler. Along with Ninda Tart, Jesse is right there as being the guy. But his teammates got to love playing with him. All right, he's learning how to play, but guys, his his uh his his bag of tools is unlike anything I've ever seen um, on the coaching side of college basketball, and you know, I mean that. The guy you just described, um, you know, other than the defense thing, obviously, because uh, you know we know a thing or two about the way you play defense. But is right. he is he maybe bringing his dates <laughs> to the the gym? Like it sounds a little bit about uh, like Juan Dixon when yeah, I man, hear you he, talk about him. Hey, he grinds, man. He's in here every day. And he, if he can work out three days, three days throughout the day, he would in season. Wow. But we got like, Jesse, come on, man. You got to take care of your body. You got to rest. You got to recover. I mean, the kid loves to play basketball. And if you love the game and you play with passion, the way he does, the game is going to love him back. There's no doubt. So guys, we got a special one here at Coppin State and Jesse's Alsuela. And I look forward to you guys get an opportunity to watch him. Uh, I look forward to his growth throughout the year. But, man, you know, I remember when Coach John and I took over this program, we said, man, we got to find us a mellow tremble. And and DeJuan Clayton was very close but didn't have that scoring mentality like mellow tremble. Jesse Zosuela has that scoring mentality. Wow. Now, is he better than mellow now? No. Has he has a chance to get there? Yes. Wow. Wow, that is it's a strong comparison. The kid, is, the kid is special. And you know what? He couldn't have played for a better coach that's going to let him go. I'm going to let him go as long as he played the right way and his teammates, his brothers got to love playing with him. Uh, coach, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a fan on the sideline. That's how special he is. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, coach, we got to ask how you're doing. Like, you know, it's, it's just always great to catch up with you. We don't get to see as yeah. much. Obviously, last year we didn't get to see anybody, of course, right. unfortunately, the way that it went. Uh, how you doing? Um, how are, are you still? Is this still fun for you at this point? Or did it ever become work? Oh, I love it. It's All my right. purpose, guys. It's my purpose in life. I mean, I played a lot of basketball, a lot of great basketball in high school in Maryland. Built a lot of great relationships. Fulfilled my dream of playing at the highest level uh, for seven, eight years. Uh, now, I turn. You know, you know, I get into coaching. Coach Terzi gave me an unbelievable opportunity. I learned from him. And I was able to land this job five years ago. And I brought, I brought along the one guy that I want to coach with for the rest of my career, if I can, John Auslander. And, you know, having Charles Agamago, having Coach Kent Auslander, Chris Hayes, Brianna Gross. Like, I built some great relationships. But most importantly, like, my boss, A.D. Dark Carter, and our president, Dr. Jenkins, like, they have faith in me. They believe in me. So, yes, am I having a lot of fun? I'm having a blast. But, of course, my job is to make sure we win basketball games and we have to get the most out of these young men, all right, not just on the floor but off the floor to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do so we can have success. Well, we're going to be over to see you. That's a promise uh, as the yep. season goes on. Of course, uh, it is that 
That, as Patrick mentioned, that is a it is a difficult non-conference schedule. Uh, a lot of road trips, obviously, in there. As we know, you pointed out, that's the way things work. But there are opportunities right. to get over, uh, including a great local game on uh, November 17th against Loyola at the Physical Education Complex. Oh, and you know what? I should bring up uh, uh, naming the floor after Fang, right? And and what that oh, yeah. meant for the entire community. Um, can, can you put that into words? I, I know he wasn't your coach, right? But like you know how much he means to everyone in this area. Um, what that was like for everybody at the Coppin community. No doubt, man. I just, I'm very blessed to have experienced that moment that Coppin State was able to put Coach Fang's name on the floor, experiencing all his former players coming back. And my message to Coach Fang, to his former players, it's like, this is well-deserved. This man is a Hall of Fame coach. What he's done for Coppin State basketball, the Coppin State community, and Baltimore, like, that's not easy to do. He, on a stretch, he won like 77 and five in the MEAC. Like, that's unbelievable. There's some really good coaches here in the MEAC. And he went to multiple NCAA tournaments, won multiple regular seasons, um, had NBA player. Like, guys, Coach Fang is special. And yep. I'm glad that we was able to recognize him. And my goal was like, Coach, this is not my program. It's our program. You paved the way for Juan Dixon to walk those sidelines. And to his former players, like, this is your home. I need you guys. These young men in this program need you guys to be a part of this. You guys paved the way. You guys have rich history here. Come back and be a part of this. So, um, you know, I want to continue to build relationships with Coach Fang, all his former players, everyone that was a part of his family when he coached here. And, uh, and want us to be one big happy family. Love it. That's what it's about. So that day was special. Um, I praise Dr. Jenkins for allowing Coach Fang to have that day. Uh, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. And for everybody to see his name and for his story to continue to be told for years to come, that's that's a very Absolutely. big deal. He's a Hall of Fame coach. No question. Juan, uh, best of luck this season. Uh, thank you, as always, taking the time for us. And we will see you over there, all yes. right? Yeah, see you guys soon. Thank you. Take care, Juan. Juan Dixon All right. at Coppin State. Uh, last up today as we uh, wind down here in our college basketball preview show. Uh, next Tyus Bowser show, by the way, is coming up November 16th. It's a Tuesday night. We'll be at Mother's in Timonium with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. We are um, also trying to do some good that night and and raise some food for Harvest of Hope in the, uh, the Thanksgiving season. And some of those details are available at grade8smemorabilia.com. We hope that you'll come out for the show and uh, help take care of some people in the community who really need it. So please join us that night. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to see the whole schedule for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's in partnership with Pressbox and Grade 8's memorabilia. All right, Patrick, um, thumbnails on Morgan and Coppin to wind us down. Morgan brings a lot back. Um, really strong backcourt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how they replace Troy Baxter, uh, who was who was so good over the last couple seasons for them. Uh, but, you know, you look at that backcourt, Trevor Moore uh, with Malik. Malik Miller, I guess, technically is more of a forward. He's, he's, he's the size of a guard. He's a heck of a rebounder, he's though, a yeah. heck of a, He's a heck of a rebounder. Sherwin Devonish Prince, all those guys throw in the, the newcomers, uh, McGee and, and Seventh Woods. I, I still think, you know, nothing Kevin Brodus said is going to dissuade me from this opinion. I, I think they'll be the best team in the MEAC this year, although – Norfolk State's going to be good. I expect NC Central to bounce back. We were talking earlier about Towson not having many practices. Lavelle Moten told me over the summer, 
they had 13 practices the entire wow. season. Wow. So little wonder that they weren't any good either last year. I mean, they were just lucky to play. Um, but back on point here, you know, I think Morgan State's going to be good. And I think Coppin's going to be good. You know, I, you know, uh, Juan Dixon is a is a very upbeat coach and mm-hmm. is certainly going to pump his guys up a bit. Uh, but, you know, the sense that I got both today, obviously, and also from talking to John Oslander over the summer is that Jesse Zar- Sarzuela is going to be a difference maker for them. And it's interesting that you brought up the idea of him sounding like uh, right. there being a comparison. So this is straight out of Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Okay. okay? This is, these are my words filed sometime at the end of August. The 6'2 Jesse Zarzuela is a player after the heart of Dixon who earned <laughs> all America honors while leading Maryland to the 2002 national title. You know, and so basically, you know, he basically is sort of a... Other than, you know, him saying he's got to step up his uh, defensive side a little bit because Juan was, you know, maybe the most relentless defender you could have ever possibly imagined during his career. Uh, other than that, when he's describing mm-hmm. him, I'm like, wow, uh, that sounds like a guy I know. That sounds like a guy I watch play a lot of basketball. So with Coppin, you know, I expect them, you know, they, they have a philosophy in terms of roster construction. He, re- he referenced those three fives, 3.5s basically. So guys that are built like a 3-4 that they play at the five. And so you're going to see really good ball handling. Uh, the question is, can they get more shots to go in? And they, and they made a very clear emphasis in their recruiting on adding three-point shooting. If that pays off, you know, I think they have a chance to surprise too, you know, the the interesting thing is, is you, you look at losing not just a Dewan Clayton, but Anthony Tark yep. was just such a stat stuffer for them. How do they re- replace that? It's not simply, oh, it's 17 points a game and that's it. It's a lot of that other stuff. I mean, he had a – right out of the shoot, he had a monster game down at, uh, down at Duke early in the season. Yeah. It just went from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, they are uh, – that that's a big hole to fill – but I do think they'll be a top half of the league team this season. All right. So those are our previews, and we will be talking about uh, local teams throughout the year, as well as when Patrick joins us, we'll talk plenty about Maryland as the season goes on. But you know, we got we got plenty of time to do that. Today was about the other programs. You want you want to give 20, 20 seconds on Maryland to start the season? Sure. I mean, I, you look at them, and there's a great. I think there's a really strong starting lineup. Yep. They're they're, they're going to have Fats Russell, Eric Ayala, Hakeem Hart, who. I can tell you from having watched a practice down there, he, he's even bigger. He's grown like an inch okay. and a half or two inches and added some some weight. And so he's, you know, if they choose to go with a 1-3-1 one, one like they have in the past as sort of a change of pace, him at the top of that is is going to be a nightmare for opponents. And then, you know, Kudus Wahab and Dante Scott, you know, I think Dante Scott's going to benefit a ton from simply not having to play in the post. He's also going to be helped a ton by not having Luca Garza in the league anymore. You yeah. Know, some of those bigs are still around, obviously. Dick, Travion, Travion Williams and Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson. Yep. But him at the four defensively is going to, I think, frankly, help him at the offensive end that he doesn't have to expend as much energy just trying to contain those sorts of guys. So you know, the question for, to me about Maryland is, is, do they have enough other guys that are ultimately going to help out? Now, you can look at it and say, well, you know, the freshmen should, should be able to help Ian Martinez from Utah. The transfer there should be able to help. There's, there's, there are certainly candidates that could be able to do that. But can they deliver? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I, I think that the picks for them around fourth or fifth in the Big Ten as a, as a top 20-ish type of team, that sounds about right for them. And, you know, we'll put them in the conversation of being a team that can make it 
to the second weekend of the tournament, assuming, you know, there's there's bracket luck, there's staying healthy, there's all those things. But I think that they'll have a chance at least uh, to be one of those last 16 teams. All right. Uh, we are winding down for today's show. Uh, Paul Valley is here, by the way. I want to I want to give my my our staff a lot of credit. Jordan, uh, Lil Jordan is here, um, and and we asked. Like, Paul's been with us for all of what, this is your second week, and uh, you oh I got to turn your microphone. This is me this time. It's not you. It's me. I'm the one running the board today. Paul, literally, it's his second week, and I dumped this on him. Oh, by the way, we're doing this uh, college basketball preview show. We're moving to the another room. Uh, we're resetting up all the equipment. We're bringing a bunch of coaches in. You got this, right? Like, no problem. Um, <laughs> and he was just like, uh, okay. He came in super early this morning. I can't tell you how much I appreciate That's hard work. Uh, of course. And yeah. Jordan uh, was, was in charge of wrangling as the day went on. And at one point, we lost him. At one point... <laughs> Uh, he was looking for Tavares Hardy. Tavares Hardy was sitting and talking with us as Jordan was searching the building for Tavares Hardy at one point. But uh, Jordan appreciated it. It's very important. Thank you so much for your hard work today as well. Let's do. Um, we're not going. We'll save tidbit. You said that'll save for Monday. Yeah, it'll be, still be great. Monday. So we'll save tidbit. If we had done it, would have been brought to you by Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four windows, get four free. There's no limit. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Eight six six ninety Nation or WindowNation.com. And we will do tubular quickly to wrap up. It's brought to you by the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. If you missed it yesterday, we do it every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. KZ joins us in studio. To set your lineups for the week, it's brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. So the next one will be next Thursday morning. But if you missed yesterday, go to pressboxonline.com slash video and see it there. Some highlights tonight. Navy football playing tonight, not tomorrow. They're at Tulsa tonight at 7.30 on ESPN2. Game three of the World Series as the series shifts to Atlanta on Fox, 8 o'clock for the Astros and Braves. Luis Garcia and Ian Anderson, the pitching matchups. They haven't announced pitchers for tomorrow, but can we do deductive reasoning on who's pitching? Do we know who's going to be pitching? I don't. I know, obviously, everything's screwed up for... Um, well, everything was screwed up already for Houston with McCullers being out, and now everything's screwed up for Atlanta, too. I genuinely don't know who's pitching the rest of the weekend. But Game 2 is tomorrow night. Oh, it's on Fox all weekend. Game 2 tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Game 3 Sunday night. Uh, I think they are going to start that one. No, they say 8 o'clock for that one, too. I think they. Were, I thought they were trying to start it a little bit earlier to stagger with football. It's, it's Game 3 tonight, right. Game 4 tomorrow. You were saying Game 2 Oh, all right, whatever. Yeah, the point being, tonight, tomorrow, and, sun, and right. Sunday for 3, 4, and 5. And I only know pitchers, Garcia and Anderson, for tonight. Uh, Maryland football, an absolute must-win for them tomorrow if they're going to find a way to get bowl eligible. They host Indiana at noon on Big Ten Network. Towson hosts Albany at 2 o'clock on Flow Sports. Morgan's at Norfolk State at 2 on ESPN3. The big game of the day, of course, being Michigan-Michigan State. That's at noon on Fox tomorrow. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. Uh, the local TV games on Sunday with the Ravens being off, it's Steelers-Browns at 1 o'clock on CBS. I Cannot believe this is what WBFF has chosen, but Eagles-Lions at 1 o'clock on Fox, followed by the football team and the Broncos at 425. So, Lots of red zone. Boy, yeah. It's a big <laughs> red zone day, no doubt about it. The Sunday night game, of course, Cowboys-Vikings 820 on NBC. Uh, what jumps out at you non-sports-wise? That uh, uh, Friday night, Shark Tank on ABC. The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Um, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert on CBS. Netflix has a new movie pr- uh, premiering today called Army of Thieves. It's a prequel to Army of the Dead. Okay, not my thing, but I'm sure it's for somebody. Uh, yeah. Saturday on CBS, Purple Playbook at 7.30. Uh, sun- Sunday uh, on ABC, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune featuring Anthony Michael Hall, Mar- Mario Cantone, and Lonnie Love at 8. 
the CW uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple at eight, which I didn't know was a thing anymore. Wait, this is like a reboot? Yeah. There's a reboot of Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yeah, I thought you'd be excited about I'm it. I'm very excited on, about that. On the Wait CW a second. At eight. How did I not know that was a thing? I didn't either till I lo- till I was looking up the uh, weekend. By the way, as Patrick Stevens points out to me, a couple of things. One, th- there aren't good options for the early games on Fox on Sunday. Like if it wasn't Philadelphia, Detroit, the most of the country is getting San Francisco, Chicago, which is only marginally better than Philadelphia, Detroit. Right? Um, it is. It's a bad map. It's just a bad map for Sunday's games. As far as I, I need to see the late game too. I just don't. There is a. Oh, it's a Buccaneer Saints is the other late game. Probably not a good game. Which you're right. It's more appealing though than yeah. Washington Denver is, and I I never got an answer as to whether or not they have to air Washington Denver. I think I think and the, I think this works the other way too. I think I think the you say that it's so funny. You say that week one, they were on Washington was on CBS mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Locally, WJZ aired Pittsburgh Buffalo and not Washington Chargers. What I was going to say is, I think both of those franchises would like. Yes, would I get, like to, but, but I don't know what the rules are. Like, I don't know if it's it's something they have to do or they're just choosing to do. It just makes no sense. The other thing about Week One too is that you have a lot of time to prepare that, and so you have a lot of time to get feedback from affiliates and whatnot and decide who's. Yeah, I don't. It's it's a weird bit, but yeah. Uh, not just not good TV viewing. I need to know more about Legends of the Hidden Temple. I'm going to spend some time with that. While you're figuring that out, also on HBO and HBO Max, Succession Season 3, Episode 3 oh, at 9 yep. o'clock, and yep. Curb, your, Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 11, Episode 2 at 10.30. Very good. All right. Uh, thanks today to all of the coaches who came in. Thanks to... Oh, boy, I'm going to end up forgetting somebody in this process. Thanks to Ed DeCellis. Thanks to Tavares Hardy. Thanks to Jim Ferry. Thanks to Dan Engelstad. Thanks to Pat Scary. Thanks to Kevin Brodus. Thanks to Juan Dixon for checking in throughout the course of the morning. Thanks to Patrick for being here to help us host it. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. Love it. Uh, tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, what's coming up on Monday? I don't know. We'll deal with that uh, over the course of the weekend. We had a busy day today and getting ready for this show. Uh, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Thanks to Jordan. Jordan, remind everybody, uh, you know what, you got a bad Twitter account. Until you fix that, I'm not plugging it anymore. Thank you, Jordan. Great work today. Thank you to Paul. Follow him at Paul Valley the third on Twitter. Of course, you're following Patrick at Discourse, D1S Course is how you follow him. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. The baseball show tomorrow morning, the bat around. What's going up on the bat yeah, around? Tomorrow we're going to have Chandler Rome from the Houston Chronicle talking about the Astros. Stan's going to be on, and we're going to dive into Baseball America's um, 2025 lineup predictions for the Orioles and some of their minor league awards. Very good. Orioles. That's tomorrow morning on the bat around, 10 to noon, same locations. All right, have a great weekend. Um, you know, go all the local teams. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too.